Traveling the Vortex. We've joined Sarah Jane as she defends Ealing in Greater London in episode number 138. I'm Keith. She defends the Earth, too. And Earth. <laughs> I guess. No, I'm pretty sure she defends Earth. There were, the Earth. There were uh, five story arcs in this season. Six. Sarah Jane Smith. One, two, defender three, of the four, five, six. Of the Earth. There were six story arcs in this hey, season. Hey, I'm just proud of myself that I remembered where she lives in the, in, in the UK. <laughs> Ealing. 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 It's probably still spelled not at all. Like it's, yeah, it's spelled like <laughs> Ealing is probably spelled like Kumri. I don't think it's Welsh, though. You guys saw Brenda's picture that she posted us all, tagged us all yes, on yes, Facebook? Yes. That was awesome. Every time she sees that. Oh, by the way, I'm Sean. Oh, and I'm Glenn. <laughs> if you don't know who we are. If you don't know who we are, welcome to Traveling yeah, exactly. the Vortex. If you don't know who we are, Thanks for listening. listening. You're a first-time listener. Yeah, we, have, we, ha- we haven't done that in a we while. We should that. probably thank everyone for listening to us. I don't know why you guys continue to listen to us, but thank you for listening to us. <laughs> and to those gluttons who go back and listen from the beginning. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah especially like those people. It's the most recent one I know of. That's Good on you, Rachel. Anyways. Good on you. Good on you. We're sorry. We're very sorry. <laughs> we like to feel like we've gotten better. We're sorry. <laughs> We're still sorry. We're, We're so, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> Glenn, how was your week? Uh, it was good. I'll go first because I didn't do dang thing. <laughs> <laughs> you did the least. I really did. I uh, I mowed yesterday. Oh, yay! <laughs> I lost a half a pound this week. Hey, well, that's I'm still pro- going. Still progress. I, I, think progress. I'm, I think I'm gonna get to that plateau though. So I'm yeah. gonna, gonna have to change my diet around to spark my metabolism again. But, hmm. uh, the king, kids and I hung out. The kids started school for the first well. Well, yeah, started school on Tuesday. Mason started kindergarten for the first time, so he's actually elementary school now. How did he handle it? Ah, good. He was. He's been. He's been. He's been ready to go to kindergarten since the day he left preschool. So oh. all summer long. <laughs> so he's been uh, very excited about it, and he he went and had a good good time. He's had a good week. Today he was kind of mulling over. Not wanting to go back, but I think now it's it's sinking in. The, the, the funds worn off. Well, yeah, and <laughs> it, I think the long days are hitting him. I don't think I he bet. realized because you know, preschool is only yeah because okay. they're uh, yeah five hundred one's kindergarten is full day. I, did it all switch to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, when I when I when it was half day option because yeah. I did half day when I was a kid. But then again, that when was... I went from working part time to working full time, it really hit me. <laughs> <how much> that's... <laughs> well, that's what Mason's dealing with, but uh, no, I, I, and he's doing real good, so. Uh, which, it, it's bittersweet because I miss both the kids because I've been hanging out with them every morning all summer. Yeah. And then Mason especially because even when he was in preschool, he was only there for two and a half hours a day. So, like, I've had Mason every morning since he was born. Yeah, I, guess, my, you know, I guess the better question in. is, how are you handling yeah, it? Yeah, well, and that was the weird thing. I was is, just thinking of that because normally, normally you ask the mother. Right, so right. are you you're dealing okay with the empty nest syndrome? The kids are right. in school. And I, I was about to ask... How's Holly handling it? When my brain flashed that, no, actually, nope. in this her case, schedule so she, didn't change. She's, she's still gets in the evening. <laughs> That's right. So. Glenn is now dealing with it. So but like how, how are bitter, you dealing with it? It's bittersweet because it was it was a little sad because I kind of I thought oh, I'm gonna miss him because you know hanging out with him and playing and stuff. And then that first morning was like really quiet in the house. <laughs> I was like, but I got a lot of things done. Uh, and then throughout the week, uh, you know, I kept missing him. I kept thinking, well, you know, we'd be doing this right now or that, that right now. <laughs> then on the flip side, I was like. Oh, I got a lot of television watched. I've got I've watched watched twenty three 
23 episodes of Batman the Animated <laughs> Series now. I uh, finished Which, the thick that's of That's something it. you probably could have watched with Mason. Yeah, I could have. I could have, but... Uh, Not the thick of it. <laughs> I got the thick of it. I finished the thick of it. Uh, well, season three. Um, I started Skins, uh, <laughs> so I watched all kinds of stuff, which I, probably we should go find some other things to do now in my time besides <laughs> veg out on the, on the couch. I'm impressed you don't go back to bed, honestly. No, I don't. I, you know, I we walk the kids walk to, to school. I walk the kids to school. Oh, they don't so live far. I walk them to school, and then I have a, a mile route that I walk. Uh, usually, I was walking on weekend evening, evenings because I walk at work. Yeah. But now that it's getting darker earlier, I won't be able to walk at oh, night at morning. work. Yeah. So I started walking uh, in the mornings. So that's just part of my mile route. And oh. so I, I go ahead and go on around the, the block and up around the hill that's and back around to my house. Yeah, so I, I get I get my walk in. Of course, by the time I get home, you know, then I have some breakfast. And yeah, and then it's too I'm late to go back to the bed. Day. Yeah. Uh, there was one day Friday. We I had a – for some reason, I, I didn't sleep well Thursday night and was up really, really late. And – so Friday morning after I got home from my nap, I laid down and fell asleep for about a half hour. But, but no, it's cool. We're not judging. And, you know, we're very proud of you because a half a pen lost is a half a pen lost. So, you know, 23 hours of television. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a correlation. May yeah, play that into might that have been. Because you were pretty active with the kids in the mornings, weren't you? I mean, we... Well, you'd get up and do stuff. I yeah, mean, a little you'd bit. You'd take them to arts and crafts and... Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, that's still sitting still around sitting, while they're yeah. doing arts and crafts or while they're at the library. I mean, so it's... Yeah, not that different. A little more active, but... Yeah, it's like sitting, Cody, but Cody's, I'm not sitting there eating while I'm watching, well, which yeah, is what I used to do. Yeah. I'd sit and watch television and then just munch, you know. Well, because you, know, you have that association with soda. it. Soda, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I've apparently broke that because I didn't have any problems. That, that's the hardest uh, thing for course, me to do. The, the nice thing is that I'll, I'll, uh, I would do my walk, then I'd come home, and I'd get my breakfast ready, and then I'd go out and sit down and eat my breakfast while I watched TV. And then I, so I would, then I had eaten. So oh, I that, feel okay. yeah, that helps. Yeah, that I works really well. Snack. And it, late at night when I watch TV is when I feel compelled to snack. I don't anymore, but that's when I feel compelled. I've started yeah, snacking more at night while watching TV. <laughs> I've discovered. You don't have anything to worry about right now. Wait till it's, your it's good for me slows too. down. <laughs> I need to switch from salads to pizza rolls or something. Yeah, there you <laughs> Put go. On the weight. <laughs> Put the weight on. You can have some of mine. <laughs> if I could just give you some. This transfer like an yeah. adipose. Like an adipose. Yeah. Sean, anyway. did you do anything? Um, yeah, I did a lot. I, I watched... Uh, I watched two movies that were on my... a lot. Keith's going to top you. Yeah. It's going to start with Monday and not stop. Uh, Go ahead. I, I watched two movies that I had not seen. They were on my classics to be watched list. So I got to, to sit down and watch Fistful of Dollars mm. and For a Few Dollars More, which is the first time, believe it or not, for both of those. The first two in the man with the I honestly don't think I've seen either one. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, once again, it's a case of one of those movies that you kind of hear so many people talk about it. That's like, I can't possibly which be as good Which did you like as, better? You know, I'm really torn on that because everybody that I have talked to likes For a Few Dollars More better. They, they, in fact, I've had several people tell me they think the middle one is the best of the trilogy, even though other people have said that Ben the Uglies. But you're, you're one of them. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's maybe because I was getting to that kind of cutoff point where I had to leave to go to work, so maybe I kind of glazed over some of the ending as I was getting ready. See, that's too bad. And that's where the, the big... The, 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 the last third or quarter of the movie is the best yeah it, it, it definitely almost, felt some like of the it. best cinema ever yeah in my opinion it definitely felt like it so i probably need to go back and, and and watch it again where i don't have that looming clock distraction um 
if you ask me right now, I'd probably say the first one. Really? I really liked the first one. I really liked a lot about it. But I, I love Van too. Cleef's character, yeah, too. Well, that's he just was so when Van good. Cleef shows up, and then, of course, he'll show up again. And, uh, have you watched? Have you ever seen I've good, seen bits and, and pieces okay. of it. I've never, I he'll own it, but now, I've never watched he's it. He's not the so. same character, but he'll show Oh, really? Up again. I yeah, kind of figured yeah. he'd be the same character. Well, it's loosely a trilogy, isn't it? It's not literally it's the same loosely. guy. It's very loosely. The really it's not, the, it's, well, it's, the man with no name you you presume is the, the same, same person, character through all three. You don't know for yes, sure. Yeah. In fact, it, it's very jarring that the the bad guy, the guy that plays the bad guy in the first film, is the guy that plays the bad guy in the second film. But they're two different characters, oh. and so that's a bit hard to get used to. As uh, well. Cheech Marin shows up in all of Rodriguez's stuff, so that'd be, <laughs> you know, that'd be no problem. Um, so that was well, you know, you you obviously noticed that as well, but. Um, no, it, you know, it, it's strange that you say that because most of the people I talk to think Good, Bad, and the Ugly is the best. And then the second best is uh, Fistful of Dollars. And then they always rank for a few dollars more third. And I think that's completely out of order. <laughs> <laughs> I think it goes for a few dollars more and then uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly and then Fistful of Dollars. But maybe that's because I like Van Cleef. Yeah, Van Cleef so much in both films, his performance in both of those films. And then, like I say, that... Truly, the, the really the part of the best cinema ever is that last quarter of, yeah. of for a few dollars. More. Like I said, it, it, it was very very good. I'm not I'm not knocking any of it on any part of any of these movies because they were they both so far have been just phenomenal pieces of cinema. And so ranking them, this one's good. This one's you know, that's kind of like saying, well, I have three gold nuggets, but I like <laughs> this one a little bit more than I, they were. The, so far, they've, they've they've both of them been great. So well, I'm, that middle one's polished a little better. <laughs> a little bit shinier. Little shiny. I'm really looking forward to getting into Good the Mega Ugly. Um, I've got almost all my stuff lined up for school, including my internship. Oh, so you are going to do it? I am going to do it. Ooh. What are you doing? I guess um, we're not going to see Sean aside from yeah, I'll podcasting. See in, I'll, I'll see you in three months, basically, from starting tomorrow. I um, don't see him besides podcasting anyway. Well, you don't really I know. see him on Twitter and, and sometimes Friday night. Friday night, night over. Sometimes yeah. Friday night. I haven't been over for a while, though. But I've, it's been real convenient to from home. I'm sorry. I don't guys. blame. I don't blame. That's kind of the, the point. Kind of the, last that's week. kind of the point of it is, you know, join us online. <laughs> you don't have to come to my house. That's I, true. We I, were all at our own houses this week. I, I would love to invite everybody who listens over to my house for Friday night. <laughs> and we'd still all tweet. And, we'd, and we'd, still sit, we'd all sit in the same room and tweet. In but. fact, even when we're in the same room, a lot of times we're tweeting to each other. So. <laughs> it's just weird. Um, but no, the internship is going to be, uh, I will be teaming up with the, I forget the name of it, the Wellness Fitness Network. I should oh, probably oh, learn that. Oh, right, right. Um, and, you uh, tell me about this, and, but and we'll the be, listeners don't. Well, we'll be shooting uh, exercise videos, basically. Mm-hmm. But they're designed to be ones that for people who work in an office setting and you're kind of at your co- computer, at your desk, in a cubicle for eight or nine hours a day, that this will be something that you can tune into this uh, particular webcast that they'll put on and spend five minutes and do some sort of exercise. And it won't be anything huge like rolling around on the floor, but it'll still be something that you can, you know, stretch at your desk and, doing you know, chair. doing your chair, work the kinks out and that kind of stuff. Simple exercises, but they're still supposed to be effective in getting muscles loosened up and, and things of that nature. So I'll be actually shooting and editing those videos before they go online sometime next year. I just imagine myself booting this website up at work and getting weird looks from Keith, who looks right across at me from his <laughs> See people. him exercising and not knowing what he's doing. <laughs> All right, back to the five. There with his headphones. Now you'll know, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You'll have to explain it to our cubicle mates. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't mind him. And then Jared will feel even more guilty. More guilty because Jared's already guilty that I walk every night at work a mile. And so, in fact, he was pretty happy when he came back the other night and I was sitting at my desk and he. 
He, oh no, he said uh, no. He didn't see me because I'd walk because I walked to the back of the property and then I walked around to the front. I was at the back of the property. And he didn't see when me when he pulled in. And, for dinner, when he pulled in, and then he was he got out of the car. He saw me walking. He was he, you know, when I got in. He said he said yeah. He said darn it, I pulled in. And I didn't see you, and I thought oh good, he gave that up. I don't have to feel bad anymore. <laughs> then I saw you, <laughs> and then he followed it up with congratulations on continuing with it. Yeah, <laughs> good job That's with good. it. <laughs> Now, while I understand they have a contract, I'm not sure who it's through. I don't know if it's the state or not, but it'll be kind of one of those things where, let's say it's the state, that they'll assign, okay, all of the people in these three office buildings are Group A. Oh, is that part of the weight loss challenge? It might be. But then Group Uh, A will actually... They're continuing the the initiative. Yeah, the initiative goes on, but the the challenge is... Like I said, these won't actually be up until next year. So it don't put me. On, ne- it might be up for next year. Don't put me on deadline. They'll be. They'll be up next year. Uh, but um, you know, so everybody in Group A will tune into the website at ten thirty. That's their kind of assigned workout break time, and so they'll all watch that episode that airs at that time. But anybody can watch it. Oh yeah, anybody can watch them. Sure. But uh, I met the agents that are all going to be part of this, and they seem like. How good. many are you doing? Uh, as of right now, I'm slated to do 15 of the 30. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Oh, 30. 30. There, there's 30 total. Because at one time, the gal that was doing them was going to do like 119 or something. Yeah, like Jer- oh, Jer- Jerry and I, uh, when Jerry first called me about it, and she says, I want you, you know, are you interested? That is one heck of an internship. <laughs> I said, yeah. She says, well, Chris That's a full-time job in and of itself. She said, Chris wants 90 episodes. And she says, I had to talk her down. Because I don't think she conceptualizes this isn't how this works, you know. And we had this talk. It was, you know, five minutes. This is all five-minute exercise video. She, goes, she says, how long do you think that's going to take to put together? And she goes, half an hour? It's only five minutes long. And Jerry was like, no. It'll take a half an hour of editing, maybe. No. It'll maybe take, if you get really fast at it. That's for, why I for, maybe. For a five-minute video, it would take maybe a half hour of shooting. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That I can see. Editing was, you know, that's on the back end. But she was trying to impress upon her that, you know, the next time you sit down and watch a television commercial count how many edits there are and how many scene changes and how many of this. And she finally got her to admit that 30-second TV commercial probably takes about three hours to put together. So we're improving, and we're getting a little bit better at how this works. But So, yeah, we're settling for 15 apiece right now. But So I got all that worked out, and then um, I, I worked a lot. We had an inventory tonight, counted all of our comic books in the store, which was a huge undertaking. Welcome back. Thank you. And... Um, I did something else, but I will hold on to that news for later. Okay. Well, you can go ahead and mention what you did. I went to Crypticon. We'll, we'll go into detail about I'll it I'll go into detail later. But yeah, I went to Crypticon, which is a horror convention in Kansas City. Doug Jones was there. Not Doug Jones. Doug Jones was there. Doug Jones was there. <laughs> Tony Coran was originally <laughs> slated to be there, he was but supposed he had to be there. He had he had been a doctor who guessed. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I thought Margot Kidder had canceled for some reason. Mm-mm. She canceled Con X. That's what it was. It was yes. Con X. Okay, I knew that. Because you were going to go to Con X, and then she canceled. She canceled, and then yeah. wasn't all excited about it anymore. Yeah, no, the two and then t- forgot she was at CryptoCon and I had gone over today. <laughs> the, the two Tonys actually wound up canceling, because they had Tony Coran There's and they had Tony Todd. There. Was there a third? Oh, Tony They're, Moran. Yeah, Tony Moran, yeah. the guy who plays Jason, I believe. But, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, Tony Todd had to cancel, too, for work-related commitments. And then Ernie Hudson, who had a work-related commitment come up and was not there today, but was there Friday and Saturday, yeah. so... Okay. But more on that later. Yeah, more on that later. So, well, Keith, you didn't Keith, do anything, right? Tell yeah. me all about your week. Monday was my actual birthday. And so I came home and Sarah gave me a couple of gifts of The Last of Us video game. And Ooh, I've yeah, heard nothing but good things about that. Supposedly the Citizen Kane of video games. I've not heard that, but okay. That's what I've heard. 
when the clock is. Know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. Okay. It's it's play, I saw it's, some picture. It's a PlayStation it game. Yeah. It's a zombie kind of thing. Isn't it? It's kind of. Kind of a. <laughs> I, it, they're not like they're. They're more like Resident Evil zombies than zombie zombies. Okay. And the way Will Wheaton tweeted it was, normal zombie video game, hundred zombies, no problem. Last of Us, one clicker. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So. I don't know. I haven't started it yet. So well, Matt, my boss, started it, and because we were talking about how far behind we are, and he said, you know, I got to play five minutes, fifty or fifteen. He says I got to play fifteen minutes of Last of Us this week. I finally cracked the seal on it and popped I'm it in. I'm really looking forward to playing. And it. he said it was probably the greatest fifteen minutes I've ever spent doing anything in my life. <laughs> I've I, heard it's the most cinematic video game I've yeah, ever played. And, and he said I can't wait to get back into it. It'll be two or three months before I can pick up that controller again. <laughs> but, <laughs> But she also got me Dirk Gently, the DVDs. I saw this yeah. on that. And Such a good show. Unfortunately, Sean only one season. brought me back an autograph from... Oh, he's already got it in frame. All right, I had an extra frame. An autograph from uh, Crypticon of Doug Jones, which I Instagram that. And my stack of books continue to grow as my sister got me book three and four of Game of Thrones. Okay, See, I was going so to I get you those. one and two. I just need five now. I, I literally, I was at Barnes & Noble <laughs> and I was going to buy you three and four and then I thought about it and was like, I don't know if I should do that for him or not. And I'm glad now that I didn't. And for a penny, in for a pound. Yet? Not yet. I'm still finishing on Thomas. Let me know when you're ready. I went ahead and bought the first book. Oh, so, did you? Yeah. Okay. We'll start Are we going to do a read-along? Sure. You thanks, for, thanks for including me in the. We'll, we'll in pick the, one know. up. Apparently, you got time. You're still reading. I'm Odd still Thomas. finishing on Thomas. I, I'm going to really knuckle down on Odd Thomas, though. So I'm really don't hurry it. on my account. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any ring now. I, I started reading. I started the prologue. So. But I don't get to read when I'm in school. Yeah. Be, well, let me rephrase. I don't get to read for leisure <laughs> while I'm in school. Pleasure. Yeah. And looking at these books, yeah, they totally split season three into two. Uh, season book three into two seasons. Okay. It's almost a thousand pages long. Is how long this thing is. Which is whew, I normally don't what read have I gotten into. I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't I normally don't read those books. And we are in for I read the Dust Jacket for four. We're in for a treat for season three. Just from what happens in the from the spoilers from the Dust Jacket of season four. My plan is to read Game of Thrones and then start season one. <laughs> and then read I plan on what was the second book? Uh, it's A Clash of Kings. Clash of Kings, and then watch season two. <laughs> well, and then you can read A Storm of Swords, and then maybe watch season three and four. Is, is that oh, the okay. surprise we have to look forward to? Yeah, actually it is. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Not literally that, but yes. Greatest mashup ever. Hmm. Okay. I plan on taking a break in between each book because I think just, Sorry. it might just be too much all in ones. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I will get to it in a minute, but there's another book I'm wanting to read soon. I, you know, you should read read the first Game of Thrones. And That's what I'm going to do. I'm take a break. Gonna... Read something light, like uh, you know, Mein Kampf or uh, <laughs> War and Peace. War and Peace. I saw a, a graph <laughs> that said we call Hoobians or we call Doctor Who fans Hoobians, Potter Harry Potter hands fans Potterheads. Uh, one other ones. What should we call uh, Game of Thrones fans? And the comment was masochists. <laughs> <laughs> Very accurate. <laughs> and then my week was pretty slow. I uh, caught up on Sarah Jane Adventures, and then Thursday night got a call that my mom broke her wrist. 
And so I went down to the hospital, and yep, she definitely broke it. She was uh, leaving my cousin's house uh, apartment with her dog, Max. Max apparently caught, saw something. What is it with dogs? That's <laughs> what I told him. That's what I told him. Max Moms apparently saw something. Uh, the leash was a little too far out, I guess, and pulled her and bam, onto the ground. Didn't catch herself. Broke her left arm. Shat- uh, not Didn't shatter. She fractured her radius in her left arm. And so Thursday night was with her in the hospital. And then, of course, uh, my parents are divorced, so she... In order to not stay at the hospital, in order to go home, somebody had to go home and stay with her for 24 hours. And so Sarah and I went home with her and slept on our couch, which was why I was so exhausted at Friday night. <laughs> uh, went to work for like four hours Friday and then went back home to take uh, help take care of her some more and then crashed <laughs> Friday after Friday night. Who? Um, she's doing better. Uh, she goes to get... Uh, Cast on Tuesday. Unfortunately, that's as soon as they could get her in. Oh wow! Um, oh, he's showing pictures. I'm showing Sean. pictures to Sean. Yeah, now, Glenn already saw them. And we won't put these in the show notes because no, you, 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 you don't you don't want to see this. I teased my mom that I was going to post them to Facebook, <laughs> and then I also teased her that you just can't stay away from the hospital this time of year. <laughs> Oh, she was in the hospital. I didn't even think of that. I didn't think of that until I was driving down there. Wow. That's funny. That's the bad image of her. I'll tell you Uh, both. I I called my mom this weekend for uh, other things, but I did tell her. I said, I'm very, very glad at this point now that you don't have a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Both of you now have had... Mothers with broken injuries because of dogs. So we, we have an official Traveling the Vortex public service announcement. All of you, right now, go to your moms and get rid of their dogs. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Adopt your, do- your mom's dog from her. Yes, yeah, that's home. probably better. <laughs> don't take it out on your mom's, mom's dog. Don't, don't go dispose of the dog in nefarious ways. Find it a good home. These are dangerous animals that must be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nefarious... Opinions. Nefarious <laughs> not plot. That. Oh, traveling the but Twilight Mark. You think that was all about, hey, help us find the Dalmatian puppies? No. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight Bark's all about, <laughs> did she knock her over? Yeah. <laughs> but she's doing, yeah. she's doing well, a lot better. About, I mean, uh, seriously, though, I mean, we, we talk a lot about serendipity. And oh, so this is one of those things that could go that way, too. So, so I, I, I told my mother, next year, just get sick. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have to stay overnight in the hospital. That's, That's progress. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's progress. Uh, but she's doing a lot better. She, uh, she plans on going to work on Monday. I don't think that's a smart idea, but she's going to do it. Apparently, today, she did a little test driving around the neighborhood because, well, she luckily, she's right-handed, so in driving isn't as big of an issue because she has a sling and a... It's in a Because the last one that she fell on. Yeah, because it's the last one that she broke. She's barely taking any pain meds today and been doing pretty good, so it seems to be pretty pretty manageable, and hopefully once she gets the cast on, she'll be pretty mobile and good to go. Uh, I'm pushing for her to get a waterproof cast, only because... So she can swim? Just so it's less of a hassle for her. Oh, 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 oh. She can because, because she lives alone, right, right. she doesn't have a dishwasher, so she hands washes all the dishes, gotcha. and so yeah. it'd just be easier for yeah, her. Yeah, because I remember when I was getting, I broke my arm. The worst <laughs> thing was taking showers because you had to like wrap <laughs> that thing in plastic. Trash, you had to hold it out. Trash bag. Yeah. My, my mom's friend Mark broke his arm not too long ago, and apparently he grew up on a cattle farm, so they had 
Very long gloves. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Insemination gloves. Yeah. I was trying to think of the proper word for it. <laughs> Very long go- gloves was probably okay. <laughs> so she used that uh, when she idea, took a bath, yeah. and it worked really well. The only downside is was she couldn't get her other arm because she can't grab anything right, because right. of the gloves and right. the splints. And then today was our one-year anniversary. Yay! Yeah. Good news again. Good Happy news again. Thank you. Good news, everyone. We took today and went to uh, Manhattan. We don't go. We, we go east often. We never go out of town west. So we decided. There's nothing out there. Well, there's the Sunset Zoo in Manhattan, which has. I'm not knocking Manhattan. I just I just meant west in general. West in general. There's <laughs> not. And, and, and going west, we remember Sean and I. So I mean, really, what was the Fort last? Manikin. What was the last thing that was really important out west, Chrissy? That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Galley. <laughs> no, no, that, that's in the east. Galley's far enough in the west that it's past the point where the sun sets. So it's, it's east. We went to Manhattan it's in east to the, uh, the Sunset Zoo where they have a, I want to say it's... Manhattan, Kansas, Manhattan, Kansas. For anybody that's confused, we have Which, Manhattan, Kansas. We've mentioned Kansas. Ca- Manhattan, Kansas before because that's one of the, the two left Hastings. That's right, that's right. Um, oh, I just yeah, didn't want to confuse any overseas, overseas listeners. Manhattan, Kansas, that uh, where the Ag- National Agro Bio and Defense Facility is moving. You probably heard news about that. Uh, probably not. <laughs> not if they live overseas. <laughs> um, but I went to Manhattan and the Sunset Zoo because we've been meaning to get over there. They have a baby chimp. And it's so adorable. <laughs> really, the, the, the zoo is very nice. It's small. Um, the chimps, the Australian section where they have uh, wallabies, and the hyenas are really the only reasons to go. The rest of it, you've, you can see them elsewhere. But the chimps are really cool. The picture I posted wasn't the baby. It was an adolescent they had, which was very active. So that was very cool to see. Um, then we went and had lunch. Stopped at Hastings. Didn't pick up anything. They did have the first of the new wave of the Doctor Who figures. Oh, I'm very disappointed by them. Uh, They're the size of a GI Joe. Uh, yeah, they, I, I, I kind of held three out, and three quarter inch. Yeah, huh? I kind of held out hope that even though they said it was going to be that, they were going to look bigger, going to look better. But I'm not impressed. I'm really not. Yeah, but now I play with them with my Star Wars figures in there. <laughs> Which means we can have all the Star Wars figures be those strange aliens and military oh, type planets true. that Doctor lands on, and we can still incorporate the GI Joe stuff as unit. That's a ding, ding, ding. As a kid, that would be perfect. Win, win. <laughs> What's wrong with these sizes, Keith? As a collector, I'm they not... won't set up on your shelf. They'll be well, smaller now. The only good thing is they come with a stand. Oh, nice! They come with a stand exactly like the minifigs. Hmm. It's that same DW stand, oh. which is cool. Hey, uh, side note: um, if the guy who invented the side. The, uh, the 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 idea of the hole and the peg for the action figures. Brilliant. Thumb, thumbs up, guy. <laughs> that guy's been around since the 1970s at I least. Because all of my Star Wars figures have been old. Oh, okay. I, I, I know. But I, as a kid... He's just not been properly recognized. He's not, he been, hasn't. He's not he really hasn't. He deserves one of those um, Bud Light commercials. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Hole, Hole, in Hole in the Foot Peg guy. Except yeah. for the guys who make it so they don't quite line up properly. Because my Hurley figure broke because it didn't quite line up properly. Well, but still, I mean, it's 
compared to having an it's, action figure. Yeah, that but just we stands can't. There. We can't. We can't fault the inventor for that. That's no, true. No, no, that's, that's, true. that's McFarlane's fault. Yeah. yeah, that's a. He, he modified. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Todd McFarlane was directly responsible for that. <laughs> he designed the figures. But his company he designed all the figures. <laughs> he personally Todd McFarlane's in there with a <laughs> press <and then> the <laughs> in his garage. No, I just I I remember right I, I don't remember what they were. Comic book printing machine. I don't remember what they were, but there was a line of figures that actually came after Star Wars that didn't have the foot in the peg hole thing. There was there was a lot. It went it went yes and no because I don't know that any other manufacturer thought it was going to catch on. Yeah. The but Joes certainly did, Kenner but of course there were yeah, also um, Hasbro. Um, the Tron figures Kenner that did. I had did. Hmm. Maybe um, it was He Man. Maybe the He Man. Well, he Man did. did not. I don't, but yeah, He Man. Of course, the He Man's were, were larger and bigger and heavier. They anyway. could kind of stand on their own. But I don't remember what it was. Really, but they, they were top heavy. They're, they were like bulky mm, up top. I never tried. They had these smaller legs. And yeah. The only He Man figure I ever had was a bald guy that I pretended. <laughs> I don't know who he was. I just pretended he was the bald dude from the Ninja Turtles movie. Ah. <laughs> okay. Kid logic. Kid logic. <laughs> I was more they didn't fla- make an action figure of that guy. <laughs> I was more flabbergasted by the time differential that we're yeah, <laughs> yeah. the Ninja Turtle movie. 89, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was done with action figures then. That well, was I, the height of mine. <laughs> You're well, still not done with action figures, Glenn. Actually, I was done. No, I was done with action figures. For a long time? Yeah, I, I, I had finished collecting Star Wars in 80. Six, I think, was that last line that came out before they stopped making those. And Have you I seen the done. new ones? Yeah, yeah. But the, the, it's, it's actually got the silver, oh. uh, you know, old school yeah. canner with the. So you're not talking about background. the black, though. You're talking the old school. Well, it looks like the classic. Yeah, it well, looks they, like they the old the red school classic or, border on them. It's, it's still and, silver with Star Wars around it, but then it's got the red print for whatever yeah. movie that particular yeah. figure's from. It's like, oh, these are cool. Um, but yeah, they were done. I was collecting comics at that time. So. Oh, sorry. Side note. Anyway, side so note. the Doctor Who figures are disappointing. Well, a little side point. note. Yes. Side note. There even. <laughs> and then we went uh, because we were just had nowhere to be and we had plenty of time. We stopped by the uh, Oz Museum in Wamigo. Oh, how was that? It's pretty good. Wizard Have you been Oz. before? Yeah, I've been. It's before. called the Oz Museum. It's called. It's, it's the Wizard of Oz. Oh, wait, there's no Ozzy there. There's no Ozzy. Oh. And no half-eaten bats. I don't know. If no I want to Australia. Go <laughs> I've been before, no, no but no doctor. Oz. No doctor. No doctor. Oh, well, yeah. that's a good thing. <laughs> I or his a, daughter. I wouldn't go to a Dr. Oz museum. Or his daughter? What's his daughter? Daphne Oz. She's Daphne on Oz? the uh, uh, the the ABC show with Clinton Kelly, and um, it's on in the afternoon. I can't I can't think of it now. I think the I doctors. Would, no, it's it's like a it's a cuisine show. It's got the chew. Yeah, the chew. That's what she's on, and she's an author apparently too. Oh. I didn't know this until like I, Mario. But no, Mario Batali. Batali, yeah. And the bald Iron Chef. The bald Iron Chef, yeah. Michael Simon. Yes. I know too much about this stuff. It <laughs> scares me a little bit that you know this I, much about this. I was this. a big Food Network junkie for a while. And I didn't know about the chew. It didn't start until I was working. And when I come into work, it, two big TVs up on the wall in front of me. One of them is the chew, the last half hour. So I look up, and it's on TV. Okay, I suppose I can give you that. Yeah. I've never actually watched it. I think it looks like it's a be fun show I've to seen watch. It when, I've, when I've been home or off from work, and it's it's, it's one of those daytime shows that I wouldn't mind watching. They're they look cheesy. It's kind of like The View, but with food. It's basically what it reminds What's me of. What's The View? <laughs> well, and men. Yeah, well, there are men too. Yeah, it's true. There's not. What are men? 
Uh, but the Oz Museum. Apparently, there aren't any around the table. <laughs> hey, 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 watch oh. in there. Wow. You're talking to a foodie and a wannabe chef, so. The Oz Museum's cool. I, but see, that's just it. I, I get the fascination with Alton Brown. Because Alton Brown is food. And really cool. And, and science. cool. And science. And but I watched other shows on the Food Network. Chew. Uh, okay. I, just, I haven't watched it. I just... Okay. Alton Brown was on the Chew once. How about that? Having not seen the so Chew. So by the Oz Museum. <laughs> it actually cheapens Alton a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, his show ended. He has to make money somehow. Just write another book. You'll buy it. It's true. <laughs> he is coming back to Kansas City. Oh, is he? Yeah. I don't know what for. Uh, he likes Kansas City. Apparently. He likes barbecue. He does like barbecue. He does like he barbecue. He's a big barbecue fan. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't... Uh, you haven't been, right? I have not been, been to the Oz Museum. The Oz Museum, yes. Yeah. But it's been a couple of years. It's... A, I don't know if it's quite worth the $7, but it's really cool. We thought the same thing. Um, it's It's got a lot of neat memorabilia. And what's really neat about it is... All the old books they have of the series, and all the collectibles they have. Unfortunately, why didn't I ask that? Why didn't I ask Eric Shanahan? Have you been to the Oz Museum? <laughs> That's way better question. It's Kansas based too. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> do you uh, like? Do you like the Wizard of Oz? And they've got really cool dioramas. <laughs> I guess is what you'd call them. Mm-hmm. They're large, large, full scale, full scale dioramas. dioramas. So, like, this is one of them. It's, it's each of the main characters has their own. Oh wow, that's very cool. Basically, walks you through the movie. Yeah, and you go through the, and you can sit in the wizard's chair. My favorite part was the the collections of stuff. Like yeah. at the beginning, there's the, the books and the everything, books, and at the and end, the, there's like memorabilia. Now, have the, have well, the, and, and, and on the way through, there's a lot of toys and stuff mm-hmm. that they that they made, like the the Barbies and all, some of the older right. stuff. Yeah. And now, have they updated it all for? Um, not since, not not with. Um, Oz the Great Power. But all, they do have some wicked stuff and some signs wicked stuff. Huh. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the only downside of... And you guys the, have not been before this trip. She has not. I have been to cover it. Okay. So we did a story on it once when I was working. Yeah, not elsewhere. the same. But no, yeah, it's completely different without a lens in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only downside of it, from what I could tell from looking, there's no... There's there's replicas, but there's no actual movie memorabilia. Uh, that's the only downside. No, no, there's plenty of movie memorabilia. There's no actual movie props. Yes, yeah, so that's what I mean. Yeah. Items. Okay, yeah. There, there's posters and stuff, but there's right. no actual production it. memorabilia. Yeah. There's replicas of it. Which the Oz Museum in, uh, or excuse me, Do- Dorothy's house in Liberal, Kansas, which was Do the first one, actually has the house uh, model that was used. Oh, the, for the, the, the yeah, three-foot the, one? Yeah, flying. And they they have, they have a really cool uh, miniaturized replica of what they made the tornado out of muslin and stuff. And so that's pretty cool. Which still, hands down, is the most scariest t- tornado <laughs> ever committed to film. And they have a great uh, gift show. I would agree. Oh, it's just it's terrible. And they, they have all the Marvel uh, like in in the book section. They have all the books in order, uh, various printings, including the graphic novels. Cool. That, so I thought that was very cool. Didn't pick anything up. I'm, but, ready, I'm ready for the third one if you go back. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they have a big giant Tin Man in the lobby, signed by Baum's grandson, I believe. Think you're right. Yeah, yeah Frank Baum the Third or something. So that's pretty cool. That's real cool. Uh, then we also uh, it's one of those places that's kind of on the list. I just haven't got to. Yeah, it's, it's totally worth a stop. That's neat. Yeah. 
I'm with you, and I'm not sure it's worth seven bucks, but it's 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 neat. If if it weren't that much, oh, and they also have you could you could literally spend two hours in there because they have a move the movie on a loop in a theater in there, so you can sit down and watch the movie and then continue with the. Yeah, that was kind of lame. It's it's, so you it's the learn, movie on a loop. The, the theater. You, you could it's literally kind of a concept, spend. But when I was there, it was this little tiny screen. Oh, at the it's, front. it's gotten bigger. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's it's, it's, you can, wait it's bigger than my TV. Oh, see, it was smaller than your yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah, they've upgraded that. Then at okay, least. Good. So you you could literally spend two hours in here by sitting down and watching the movie in its entirety, and then well, continuing with the tour and being done in two hours. The entire thing takes. We probably went through it in about a half hour. Okay. We didn't read absolutely everything, but. It's, it's it's not huge. Okay. No, it's not huge. And then we continued down the road to Alma, because Sarah had never been to the Alma Creamery. Unfortunately, it was closed, but there was a nice guy that was there who was getting stuff ready for the next day, and he let us in to buy some cheese curds. We have a creamery in Alma? Oh, you've never had Alma you cheese? You've never had Alma cheese? I've never had okay. Alma cheese. Are you kidding me? No. Oh my god. I've been to Alma. I didn't know there was a creamery yeah, there. It's, kind of it's huge. In fact, it's the Alma cheese is sold nationwide. Really? Yeah. You've never heard of Alma cheese? I've never. Seriously. seriously wow. I kid you not. Oh the only god. thing I know about Alma is I had a friend who moved to Alma, and uh, I had to play against him in basketball in 8th grade. He was my best friend in 7th grade, and then I had to play against him in basketball in 8th grade. <laughs> that's that's about it. Wow. I know Alma's about half an hour yeah, west. Yeah, a pretty famous creamery. Which fact, kind of falls into that. There's nothing out here. <laughs> but it, it, it almost closed <laughs> like eight years ago or something like that. Are you Somebody sure? Came this is like special cheese that you're wanna, getting into. I you, don't can wanna, go to, you can go to you Dylan's can, you can and buy cheese. It's just different when you go you know, get it at the actual creamery. Sarah calls it squeaky cheese. <laughs> squeaky cheese. Why? Why squeaky cheese? Because sometimes when you bite into it, it makes you squeak. Oh, okay. We're eating cheese curds now on, on the show. That's pretty good cheese. Isn't that good? It's real good cheese. I love cheese curds too. Gosh, I love cheese curds. They're like, they're they're all the goodness of the cheese that obviously comes to the top that they, <laughs> but they're so good. That's an impressive bit of uh, cheese there. Alma, alma cream. Alma, is it Alma or Alma? Alma. Alma. Depends on what side of the alma. state you're from. Yeah, you can even get it at Walmart. Really? Yeah, it's it's up in the fancy cheese section. Oh, by I don't the shop the fancy cheese section. It's, it's not That's it's not back with the craft. Yeah, no, I craft. They, they had one I was really tempted to buy, but they didn't have any samples because they were closed. Bacon Jack. Ooh, yeah. Really well, anything with bacon is automatically better. <laughs> bacon Jack. Uh, then we continued down the road and stopped at a little town that has a bunch of antique shops, which was pretty cool. Uh, one place had a Paxico. Paxico was named. That's all that's there. I'm sure nobody. I mean, <laughs> nobody, nobody listening to this knows. But. Let's show some love for our neighbors. <laughs> there was one shop we went into. I like Paxico. A whole bunch of signed first edition books, which was really cool and really tempting, including like Prey by Michael Crichton, which, considering he's no longer with us, is like sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a couple Stephen Kings. Oh. Uh, but. I wasn't. We weren't that impressed by packs ago, but we're not big antiquers. I think it's cute. It's and cute, and I like antique stores. Ha- I, can, ha- I can spend hours in antique stores. So. Half the stores were closed. Yeah, it's Sunday afternoons. Kind and of one of the ones we went into, I own one of the books that just came out six years ago. <laughs> they had it on for sale. Mm-hmm. It was a Star Wars book, but I always have a problem when I go into an antique store and find something I picked up a couple years ago new. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> Quite an antique. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that's speculative buying there. 
You don't fool me. And then um, we came home and had dinner. And for our anniversary, uh, Sarah got me High Fidelity and pre-ordered Kenobi, the new book coming out by Star- for Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So that's coming. That's that's my paper since one year's paper. I got her a crochet book, uh, Love Actually on Blu-ray, and because she'd been talking about it, what? That's not paper. Oh, the, the crochet the, the book. Crochet book. Crochet <laughs> paper. I was going. I started with that's the paper, paper one. Um, <laughs> and it was only five bucks at Target, so I picked up when, when Harry Met Sally on Blu-ray because she was talking about that because she's going to be having surgery soon, and that was one of the ones she wanted to kind of watch while she was sick. And the Precious Moments uh, one-year anniversary figure that she really wanted. So apparently, I did good. We did. Facebook. Yeah, she inst- she she Instagram. Or Instagram, yeah. She doesn't Instagram very often. And then we watched When Harry Met Sally tonight, which I apparently had never seen. Really? I I knew the iconic scene in the diner <laughs> <laughs> and the speech he gives her at the end, but that was it. I really enjoyed it. It's a good movie. One of my all time favorites. I wouldn't go that high, but it's it's a good. Movie. I, I I think I just <laughs> this also separates the age difference. This came out the same year as Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it did, yes. <laughs> I was much more interested in Ninja Turtles when it came out than this. And I always just wrote it off as a romantic comedy. See, I was discovering uh, Harry Connick Jr., and I knew he had done the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack it. is phenomenal. And so I gravitated to it because of that, and then absolutely fell in love with the movie. So. All right, Ninja Turtles better. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a fine film. I really like the yeah, but I'm a whole year older than you, so I, I matured. So <laughs> that may all make all the difference. Yeah, <laughs> what, I, what I, honestly, what I liked about it's it not even quite a whole year is it, it. It I do think it is a bit their relationship before <clears throat> it becomes the true romantic comedy is very much very realistic. I felt oh, yeah, I think so. Very true to life of how friends who are male and female who are attracted to each other act. I mean, it was painfully obvious for me. Entire movie that they were going to get together. That's why men and women can't be <laughs> apparently friends. There's only one romantic comedy friends. that's ever surprised me. Five hundred days of summer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Even even as brilliant, and I consider Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind a romantic comedy. Not maybe more drama, but it's that vein. And as brilliant as that is, and how bendy that is, it still reverts back to type at the end. And High Fidelity, I, which I absolutely love, reverts to type at the end. And Punch yeah. Drunk Love, which tries to be that kind of film and reverts to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which I didn't like Punch Drunk Love because it was too out there for the rest of it. I may, and I might, Eternal Sunshine is this part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's what I said. Not. <laughs> I still need to finish well, that one someday. <laughs> I, it could have been age too. Well, yeah. That was what I did this week. That Maybe I don't need to finish it. You said it reverts to type at the end. Maybe no, but it's totally worth it. It's totally worth it. It's so good. I was only, I, I got about halfway through it, and I, it might it might have it might just be me, and it might just hit me at the perfect time in my life. See, I think that was the problem. I was going through an odd spell when I watched that one, mm-hmm. and it didn't hit me very well at all. And I kind of got to that point where I was like, eh, "I'm done with this," because <laughs> it, there there is a point. I can when sit it, in the dark and feel like this. Yeah, I don't need yeah. A movie to <laughs> there 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 is that midpoint to it where it feels like there's no hope. Yeah, but then once you get past that, it goes the other way. Hmm. One of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. You know, I still that, say don't that. You? Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. Oh, yeah. 
shortly after that. Well, I think I'd seen Mean John Malkovich. And then I saw Eternal Sunshine, went back to Adaptation, watched Confessions of a Dangerous Mind because he adapted that. I love that one. Uh, and just went on a tear. Uh, wasn't that impressed by Syndicate in New York? That one I haven't I, seen. I didn't like Adaptation. It, it, I think it's the weakest stuff is. Yeah. I've actually wanted to sell it before. I, adaptation? I use copy so nobody will buy it. Here's the deal. Adaptation, as long as it's dealing with the adaptation, is genius. And it's it's phenomenal. Once it takes that weird left turn into dealing with the actual flower and the, the stuff down in Florida, it's like, <laughs> when did this become Deliverance? Because the ironic <laughs> thing is that's what, that's the, what the story's actually I know. About. I know. That's Because I, I went and looked at the book that it's based off of. And I'm like, how did this work? And I'm yeah, I so tempted to try to read it because there for a while I did like it a lot. And then well, it's because somebody I liked brought it, the book later. to him and said, adapt this. And he tried and he couldn't. <laughs> so he did what he did. Which is what's... Part of what's so charming about yeah. the movie. Yeah, no, I, re- I love the whole... What's well, so tragic that his brother died? <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's dedicated to him. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I'm... I, there for a while, I was a huge Charlie Kaufman fan. It, it wasn't until Sin the Key that I kind of was like, mm, yeah, you didn't do it, Charlie. <laughs> I think you can't capture magic anymore. And I, I don't think he's done anything since then. I could be wrong. He's lying in wait. Oh, I'm just waiting for him to... Apparently, uh... He's gonna spring one on you. Well, there's a Spike Jones coming out that's supposed to be back to more like Spike Jones. That's what we need. We need Charlie Kaufman to write something that Spike Jones directs. It's her, is what it's called. Yeah. Have you heard that? I've heard heard of that one? I've heard about her. All right, we've gone down this path again, so did you do anything else? <laughs> That's it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm done. Let's move on to news. First bit of news. Doctor Who is still not on. Yeah. Uh, but there was some new stuff discovered. There was. Not episodes. Don't get too well, excited. maybe. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not discussing that one. Not yet. But. Could um, be. Maybe. A TV interview with William Hartnell dating back from 1967 has been unearthed and will, be f- will feature on the DVD release of The Tenth Planet. Um, it runs for 3 minutes and 16 seconds, and it's the only known on-screen interview with Hartnell to exist. So that I think that is really cool. That is way cool. And David Bradley was shown the footage as part of his preparation for playing the role of Hartnell. Really? For Adventure in Time and Space. And it has a Region 2 date, but not a Region 1 date for... The interview aired Tuesday, January 17th. Uh, It was conducted by Roger Mills for Points (coughs) West, the BBC regional news show, and was held in the dressing room of the Gaumont Theatre in Taunton. I'm probably between those. <laughs> Where Hartnell was appearing in the panto Puss in Boots. Boots. Puss in Boots. Less than three months after last being seen in Doctor Who. So this is a post-Who inter- post interview. Am I right? What year was it? 67. Yeah. So his well, time as the Doctor. His time the yeah, time. that's what I meant. Well, obviously it's not post-Who. Right. Who's still on? <laughs> just, just clarifying. <laughs> From beyond the grave! <laughs> <laughs> and the future! Welcome to the world of tomorrow! 
So there's that. So that's there's that. To look for. I'm looking forward to seeing this. I am too. I think it's very cool. It's very rare that we f- discover new stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's not as cool as episodes. But well, it's, no, yeah. but it's the next best thing. It's the thing. next best thing. That is exactly it. Well, speaking of ep- episodes, the <laughs> missing episode rumor has gained a little traction again. Uh, recently on uh, Cast Bourse. Can I play uh, the Mario Go Around music? <laughs> the Doctor Who <laughs> fan site. Um, yeah, I, I loved Chrissy's pose. How do I get off this roller coaster? <laughs> um, as, as uh, Just for some history, Bleeding Cool News had ran the story originally that said that some episodes had been found and they were en route to the BBC and, and whatnot. Well, Casper Wars is saying that basically because they have now confirmed that there are some missing Dad's Army episodes, which allegedly in the first round of these rumors was part of that shipment that was found um, initially, they're saying because now those have suddenly been slated for the DVD release that's coming up for its series, that perhaps there is still some merit there, and that the BBC was just blowing smoke because they still want to, you know, be able to surprise and have some things up their sleeve for the fiftieth year. So hmm. there's not much more to it other than they're they're speculating that there's still maybe a little bit of of truth to this, even though we've run into a lot of dead ends. Uh, along the way, so did anyone uh, dispute the other show? No, that was found. It, no, in that fact, was never disputed. That has never been disputed. Okay. In fact, the BBC just recently, I think, listed that on. Let me see what the the actual. Um, all right. Bleeding Cool is reporting that on a BBC site for Dad's Army's second series has a teaser that indicates the missing three black and white episodes from series two are coming soon. So the BBC oh. has said, yes, said, we yeah. have the missing episodes. So that's why the, uh, they're proposing that perhaps the BBC is holding very their cards very close to their chest on some missing uh, hmm. Doctor Who stuff as well. So there's that. You know, again, take... <laughs> Take of it what you would like, uh, but I'd take it with all with a grain of salt. So, all right. Well, next up, there's a really cool little Easter egg on Google Earth, uh, Google Maps, I guess. Mm-hmm. Ever since it was established in '96, uh, there has been a police box in Earl's Court, and now Google takes you inside the TARDIS. When you go over. So the police box has actually been there. It's just yes. been a. It's part of a promotional. Hey, Doctor Who's back on TV kind of thing. Or no, I think it just. It's, it's just been it's there. Always sat there for so a while. It's an attraction. Since, since, since when? According to this, ninety six. Yeah, it's just. It's oh, one well, I guess of the it could the police movie. boxes that are still. Oh, so it's out there. Oh, I, that's, oh, that's my impression. It's not is, a target. Well, it's a police box. Yeah, it's an actual police box. Now, I don't get. I'm not under the impression that somebody put it there or that, that it's been there all along. It got placed there somebody in ninety six. Probably it's because just never... it's a TARDIS, but you know, just fun. It's there. It's it's quaint. It's history. It's it's London, and so I think it's just been there all along. But now, how cool would you that say be it's not walk... a TARDIS? Well, well, it's it, it, it is a TARDIS because it's, it's a police box. Yeah. But I mean, couldn't you know? Yeah, that's the idea. But I think it's but just it's... an old police box that somebody sit there that because it's quaint and looks nice. And of course, now everybody that passes it with. The it's popularity a, of Doctor Who again. It's hey, there's the. Turks. Could you imagine just walking, not knowing you were there in London? Yeah, I'm walking back. <laughs> oh, <there's> a, <laughs> that would be so cool. It'd be a little bit like 
it'd be a little bit like that galley experience. That yeah, just, <laughs> there it is. But uh, yeah, Google got clever with it and decided. And now they, you can double click and go inside. It's, the it's a little room. tricky getting in there, but you can you can if you click on the right you spot. You can't do it from your phone. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, you can't unless you have the Google. Maps app, I think you can. I have the Google Maps app, no, and it still said, "Ha ha!" Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, going to take I you down some, the street I had now. Of a time getting in there, and of I, course, I didn't it's... realize how how to do it. But now I, there's two arrows. Yeah, there's one there's that goes double arrows this way, and one that goes this and way. One you arrow, get this one on this side. So, so you got to make sure you click the double arrows. So you go to Google Maps, and you can find the TARDIS yeah. uh, on the outside. Well, you have to click the one on the left too, don't you? Yeah, there's yeah. there's oh, a on single the floor arrow down. Okay, I get it. The other thing because the first time I went, I just kept clicking. Oh, like you're not that. on the actual page. Yeah, see, that's where I was doing on my phone. If you go to the actual Google page, there's also a picture of the interior of the TARDIS, and you can click on that and go there as well. Oh, is there? Well, yeah. that's cheating. Yeah, that, that is, is cheating. cheating. <laughs> I, that took me forever to. Uh, the, first, the first I time I went somewhere, and then yeah, I couldn't find it either. I was like, how do I get inside? So, how much inside do we get? Just a console room. Console room. And you can it's a three sixty pan. You can go, well, down, the, near, you can near go downstairs, you can go upstairs. Yeah. You can't go any of the inner corridors. So I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Jet. Did, did you find any uh, GNDN conduits? No, I did not. Yet. 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 <laughs> that's a Star Trek. So joke. that's pretty cool. So be sure to uh, go on Put there and I'll uh, have a link in the show notes. Another cool thing. For those who have BBC America, who doesn't don't have stars or haven't picked it up on DVD, Miracle Day is going to start its BBC America run Saturdays at 9, part of the Sci-Fi Saturdays, I'm assuming. Uh, September 4th through September, November 16th. How much of this year? This stars year. for that. That almost makes me think we maybe ought to put Miracle Day on the schedule. When is, when is it? September to November. No. We're too full. <laughs> September to no. November? Yeah. September to November. Oh, well, see, after the 50th, we ain't got nothing going on. Well, it ends we'll November have that, 16th. We'll have that gigantic empty hole between 50th anniversary <laughs> and, and Christmas. Christmas. That whole month. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing going on. <laughs> Four weeks there, yeah. Uh, maybe. Nah, I think we're going to bump it till next year. So. Uh, maybe. No. Anyway. It would be good to talk about it with people who just got done watching it. They'll remember. It'll be fresh in their minds. That's right. You are such a doubting Thomas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, our friends at uh, Long Island who is having another friend of ours come yep. to their convention. Friend of the show, Simon, Simon Fisher Becker, will be appearing at Long Island Who. Excited! I wish. Wish, wish we, we lived on the East, East Coast, Coast so yeah. we can go, but. We live smack dab in the United, middle of the United States where we very rarely get any Doctor Who ghost, ghosts. Ghost. Guests, very close. <laughs> Certainly no ghosts. Um, and the closest is Chicago. We had, obviously, a, Chicago, or a Doctor Who guest in Kansas City. But well, we were supposed to. That we hosted. Well, but, yes. Yeah. And then we were supposed to have another one. Right. So, Hopefully we can get more coming. Hopefully. Fingers but crossed. But we're excited. for. I, I, I wish we, we were going to Long Island Hoop. Yeah. Long Island. Sean's Queen. actually met Simon Fisherbreaker in person. I really like the subject line of the email they sent us. I'm old, I'm fat, I'm blue, I'm coming to L.I. Who? <laughs> that was clever. He's a delight. And if you are in the neighborhood and on the fence as to whether or not you should go, yes, this is the tipping point. Because Simon Fisherbreaker is just a, a, a fantastic, fun, funny guest and he's wonderful with fans and he's a joy to talk to and he's the sweetest individual so definitely go see him 
and everybody else that's going to be there. I mean, not 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 that Daphne isn't sweet, right? And awesome, right, you right, know. right. Everybody that goes to these things is awesome. But yes, I've met Simon Fisher Becker, so I can add him to the very awesome. And speaking of conventions, you should share a little bit of your uh, experience at Crypticon this weekend. Well, we did go to Crypticon. Crypticon uh, apparently this is their third year, which I didn't know. Uh, I only knew that because I went to the website. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a horror convention that uh, is here in Kansas City, which I'm not the biggest horror fan in the world, but they had a fantastic... Even being a horror fan, a lot of these guests, I'm not even aware of who they are. A lot of these guests are horror fans. <laughs> yeah, horror you, you back would, in my day. You, you yeah. would probably have been... Back when I was a horror buff. But they, they had a, a, a pretty knockout uh, lineup of, of people coming. I mean, it's for for a Kansas City Con. I was impressed. It's not yeah. Planet Comic Con. It's like wow. Um, the ones that we were very 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 excited about included Doug Jones, uh, uh, who pretty much if you've ever seen a movie with an alien or a monster in it, he was that guy. Uh, I mean, he's uh, I, I didn't I was looking up the list. He's probably best known as playing Abe Sapien in the two Hellboy films. In Hellboy 2, when they get to the kind of the weird part of the, the city and, the, like, all the aliens and monsters and things are there, if Abe wasn't in that scene, Doug Jones was somebody else in that scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, he played every other monster in the movie, practically. Um, he's also, played, uh, currently he's on Falling Skies. He plays Cochise. Um, he's also been uh, the Silver Surfer in Fantastic Four. Uh, he does a lot of uh, that kind of stuff. He was all the creatures in Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, most of Pan's Labyrinth. He was uh, uh, he just on and on and on. And then Mel squeed a little bit when we were looking him <laughs> up when we found out that he was Billy, the mummified zombie kid that Bette Midler bewitches in Hocus Pocus mm. and brings him out of the ground to stumble through town and do her bidding. That's mm-hmm. that's also him. Oh, we so, um, he, long, 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 long resume. Uh, and occasionally he actually gets to be on, uh, on camera without makeup or prosthetics. Like in the Neighbors, I believe. Yes. Uh, but he was there. Um, we mentioned Tony Coran was supposed to have been in, and uh, was not able to do it. Neighbors? At ABC sitcom. Oh, is he in aliens? that? Apparently. Oh, I watched that. I didn't recognize him. <laughs> well, you didn't recognize him without blue face <laughs> yeah, makeup that's on. The... Huh. You know his face? You yeah, know, yeah, you know, I know his face, face, but... Huh? I'm yeah. assuming he's he without be makeup because the, nobody's without. Yeah, no, because no, yeah, no, he, he would totally fit in with that. Right, crowd. right. But he must be one of the one of the, the group that lives in the uh, community, gated community. I'll be darned. Uh, who else was there? He's not one of the main um, characters anyway. But yeah, I'll be darned. Uh, yes, Byling. Byling was there. C. Thomas Howell. Yeah. What? Why was C. Thomas Howell there? I guess he. Why not? <laughs> Red Dawn, The Outsiders, E. T. Amazing Spider-Man. No, those all say horror. That's what I'm trying to link. Go ahead, uh, <laughs> the Hitcher 2? Ah, The Hitcher. That's right. He was in The Hitcher 2. Didn't he play Norman Bates, young Norman Bates in the fourth Psycho film? No, I'm thinking of uh, Elliot. Uh, uh, Tom. Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas, yeah. The Day That You're Stopped. Does that count? <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's kind of a sci-fi horror. Yeah. William Forsyth. Okay. Yeah, William's foresight. That was I didn't. That surprised me. I didn't realize he was former Kansas City Chief and Oakland Raider Fred Williamson, <laughs> <laughs> who was in From Dust Till Dawn, and right. uh, you know uh, a host of others. Uh, one of the big ones that we went for was Richard Keel. 
Who? Yeah, gosh, you know, I'm now totally kicking myself because I forgot. That would have been another reason for me to go. I just, oh, I can't believe that. He played Jaws in a couple of the Bond films, and he's kind of spoofed Spy that performance in, uh, in, in many others. Here we go. He was in Austin Thomas Powers, Powell too, was he? in Mutant Vampire Zombies from the Hood. <laughs> was he? I don't think he was in Austin Powers, was he? Was I know it? he was in uh, Happy Gilmore. Isn't it, isn't it Austin Powers where they're having the henchmen? He's in Happy Gilmore. Yeah, he was definitely. Anyway, he's not. He, it wasn't. I didn't see credit there, but I thought there was a scene in where they were. Doctor Evil and Scott are trying to get closer to each other, and they were part of the group that Carrie Fisher was leading. And I thought yeah, maybe I remember that scene, but I don't remember. Maybe it's not Austin Powers. Maybe it's a different movie where yeah. he's playing a recovering henchman who's mm. who's trying to to make good. I don't remember, but um, so yeah, he was there. Uh, Margot Kidder, who played Lois Lane in yeah, the original that was Superman the other films, I liked and the big one for us was Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Who, of course, you know, Ghostbusters the Crow. And, <laughs> I mean, and he, he did have a, a commitment come up, which was rather unfortunate that uh, we missed him because he was really kind of, well, you know, dude, you're like 80% of the reason that we came down here. <laughs> but on the bright side, uh, my friend Louie, who is in charge of the uh, Kansas Zombie Walk that they're going to be doing here in Topeka in September, uh, was there with uh, his booth, uh, Kansas, Kansas Carnage, spelled with two Ks. Mm-hmm. The. Kansas, obviously, Kansas, that's <laughs> right. the other one. Um, but he was there all weekend, so I texted Louis, like, "Dude, if I get you some money, can I can I get an Ernie Hudson?" And he said, "Yeah." So uh, we're very very thrilled. And he said that uh, you know when he went and talked to Ernie, it was apparently just uh, an absolute delight and a wonderful person and so sweet. And uh, when he said yes for a friend of mine that couldn't be here, uh, the message that I got, Louis texted me, was that. Mr. Hudson told me to tell you that he's very sorry that he couldn't be here for you on Sunday, and he hopes that you will come see him again the next time he's in town. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "Oh, that's just <laughs> really awesome. But we did get some autographs, which, of course, you saw Keith's. So I haven't posted any of these yet. So I may have to hold this, Keith, because I don't want Glenn to drool all over it. <gasps> oh, that's a really awesome picture, too. Isn't that? That was the one I really liked. That's, that's the that's Richard Keel. He's cool. holding he, the big he rock. He signed it on the rock. That's really, that's really cool. And he's still massive. I mean, I, that was the thing that always amazed me. I go back and watch The Spy Who Loved Me, and when Jaws grabs Bond, I, his hands are bigger mm-hmm. than Roger Moore's head. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy's just massive. And sitting next to him, of course, we got photos. We put our arms around him and stuff. The guy's still solid, too. Yeah. He's not... Like so many of these bigger actors, as they get older, they start to get frail and mm-hmm. and kind of uh, brittle. And you could definitely sense Peter that Mayhew. that was like like Peter Mayhew. You could definitely sense that he's maybe on the cusp of that. He had a scooter and some other things to kind of help him get around. But he's still solid. Mm-hmm. He's still very very mm-hmm. solid uh, of an individual. And then you've seen the. I love the picture you got of him like he's crushing your head. That was pretty. Cool. <laughs> you've seen the Ernie Hudson one. And there's. Oh. That's from the deleted awesome. scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this one she awesome. had, or did you print this? She, she, she had that, that, that one. colorized, actually. It does look kind of like colorized. I liked that one. The, the, the Margot Cater, that she had several different photos out there. It makes it kind of comic book It does, yeah. There were several that seemed, it was a little because she had a strange expression on her face, or, you know, one of no. her... Well, I might. I oh, like her. Yeah. <laughs> one of her kissing Clark, this was the which was kind of like, man. And it's like, I want Superman in the photo as well. But um, and, and I, I really like that one because the Fortress of Solitude is in the background and just yep that's the one I don't care that it's from the deleted scene and he's cooking a souffle it that's doesn't bother me at all <laughs> that's the one I want. I wish I'd have been thinking and I had just get one and I'd have paid you back. I wish I'd have been thinking because I would have. 
and then that's the composite shot that we created for Mr. Doug Jones. Oh, that's neat. Because we wanted to make sure that we got some of our favorite performances in there. Um, but we had a good time. It was uh, actually at the same hotel where they did uh, ConX. Hmm. So the okay. exact same layout. They had kind of the hallway and then the, the one the ballroom. The big line of uh, autographs across the back. Yeah. And the, the guests were kind of scattered throughout that, which I thought was actually kind of a nifty idea because it, it helped you. It helped lines, I'm sure. It helped lines, and it helped the the, the, the uh, vendors get browsed a little bit more because mm. you weren't just in the vendor aisle; you were next to, you know. <laughs> you're a little more. You're waiting while you're waiting in line. You're next to a booth. You're likely to buy something. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and it it wasn't terribly busy when we were there, but I talked to Louis and uh, and Charity who were there, and they said that this year blew away both previous years of the con. They said last year they did about the same as, as Con X did. Oh. As far as attendance goes. And they said this year they had lines all oh, weekend they long. Had bigger names. And yeah. they actually publicized this one because we didn't hear about it previously. Yeah. Well in fact apparently uh, I, I briefly met with the uh, the organizer who made the joke that he'd been running around looking for Fred Williamson all day because he's supposed to take him to the airport. And he says, you know where I found him? I said where he says he's hanging out in the lobby. He's, he apparently he never came into the dealer's room uh, today, and he asked him, "What do? What's up?" And he says, "I, you know, had enough business on Friday. I made all the money that I needed to make by coming to the con." So he says, "I've just been hanging out here, pressing the flesh and meeting people. And just, <laughs> I'm not going to go sit in that booth. I'm going to yeah. be out here." So he was out just wandering around. That's and, cool. That's cool. You know, so it's like, well, that's an indicator of a good con, mm-hmm. in my impression. So, yeah. but uh, and it's a three day con of that. But uh, again, being horror based. We kind of breezed through most of it pretty quickly and got in our autographs and any good booths. Um, again, if you're into that kind of stuff, is it mostly horror merch? Mostly horror merchandise. There was one guy that I really wanted. To, he, he was the, the the video vault or something. I, again, no, no disparaging. Just who brings VHS to a con? <laughs> I mean, literally. Wow. In, this, in this day, <laughs> dub, that, dub that off to a DVD. Now, wow. Now, not. I can understand. Like, okay, I've got one shelf of the hidden treasures because, look, I've got the legitimate copy of Iog, not the Mystery Science Theater one, but Richard Keel's in this. So I've got the VHS copy. Of that. Okay, that I can understand bringing. No, this dude had like a whole booth of VHS, and it was like, were they a quarter a piece? You're not making any money this weekend, are you? <laughs> I mean, really. Um, only one toy manufacturer, really? or not manufacturer, but uh, you know, distributor. A, the, the distributor. A lot of, um, or they make a lot of horror toys. There are a lot, a lot of horror. horror there uh, were a lot of horror cult toys. Classic and action figures. A lot of it was stuff. empty. Uh, I think oh, so they just, probably. I think they probably. Cl- I think they sold a lot of the stuff out. Um, well, that's good news for them. And again, some of the artists they had a bunch of tattoo artists doing things there. I, I kept seeing advertisements about they. Uh, there was what, a makeup guy and you know horror makeup and. I want to say one of the guests. Or cake people. They've been on like cake, cake boss or cake. Ace con- of cake. Yeah, it, it, it was more like one of the contest shows. They were contestants, mm. and they kind of did horror themed cakes. Ah, well, that's kind of. I cool. didn't remember seeing that. And then I, uh, I, I recognize him from uh, my food there was page. a uh, one of the artists there, and I kind of liked his prints. They were now. Don't panic, Glenn. They're kind of the minimalist <laughs> style. <laughs> Um, but I saw this one, and he had several different ones of zombies and other things. I saw this one, I was like, "Well, I got to get this one." And initially, I wasn't going to get it, and then he he kind of offered me a deal on it because he's getting ready to go home, and I was like, "Oh, well, okay for that, yeah." Oh, oh, that's neat. No, that's cool. That's not that's, very minimal. No, nah, I mean that's not that 
that that's not that. It's more like a silhouette that's less. Okay, well, than all, of, all silhouettes. the silhouettes and all of his were silhouettes, so it might be you know a guy with a gun and yeah, then a horde of zombies. Neat. I like that. That's cool. It's very stylish. Uh, this, this is a. I'll also put a picture of this up, but it's picture of Jaws. Sharp. That's really cool. That's not lazy, though. You know, sometimes minimalist posters. <laughs> no, look, I, I look at that and I go, "Gosh, I could do that." That's lazy. This is 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 quite detailed in the uh, the even though it's just a silhouette of that scene. It's very detailed and, and done well. Yeah, I like that one a lot. And I, I debated for a long time on it because it's just like I can't decide if you know. I mean, you guys been in my house. I don't have any wall space mm-hmm. for any more posters. <laughs> But I really like you that. You still one. can't hang anything in the basement. I still so. can't hang much in the basement, yeah, because we got the concrete and everything. But then I justified it because, well, I didn't buy anything else. That's a good point. And he was offering me a deal, so there you yeah, go. I was okay with that. But yeah, other than that, I mean, again, it's uh, if you're into that, Joe Pace was there and brought his car collection, which I guess he I didn't realize it's Pace cars. It makes sense <laughs> that he would have more than one. Uh, but of course, he has the replica DeLorean. Oh, okay. That has been making right. the rounds of the last couple conventions. Um, was that the one that was a it's not the one that was at PlanetCon. Okay. Supposedly, the one at PlanetCon was an actual universal. I don't know if it was screen used. But it was driven by Christopher Lloyd in something. Yeah, one oh. of those. Uh, like a promo, yeah. something or right oh, yeah. Okay. Um, which is why they were charging to get in it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, they were charging to get in it because that they were raising money. Well, they the, were. Yeah, the, the, you know, you could put your butt where Christopher Lloyd's butt was. <laughs> But he has he has a, a replica DeLorean that's been to Topeka a couple of times, and it's a very very good one. He also had a um, a General Lee. Was Still it the same with one con- at Conex? No, it was had a Confederate flag on it, oh. which was like wow. You don't see too many of those with the full blown. And I told Mel, I said it's it's funny how far this has come because I remember once upon a time, this is before your time, <laughs> that the General Lee was coming to town. Like they were taking it on tour across mm-hmm. the country, and it was going to be at the Laird Noller Ford dealership. And we pestered mom. Eric and I were just, we, we were adamant. We've got to go see the General Lee. We've got to go. We've got to go. And she hemmed and hawed, and we, we bugged her and pestered her and bugged her. But finally, okay, fine, we'll go. Well, by the time we got there, it was like Sunday, and they had closed. Because we got there like at 6.05, and all the dealership closes at 6 on Sunday. Who knew? But we pressed ourselves up against the glass window. <laughs> And there was the General Lee. <laughs> and if you remember the episode where they thought the Duke boys had died and they put that coat of phosphorescent orange paint on the car right. to make the ghostly General Lee, and it was like, right. whoa, and it glowed, that's kind of what the car did through the glass. <laughs> it was just that moment of, oh, there it is. And I couldn't get to it, but it was there. And it was the, just that, that emotional high of seeing something like that. And now it's passe. That's like, hey, look, this is General Lee. And you keep walking. <laughs> Like I feel kind of bad now. I've lost that little piece of my 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 shock and awe is gone. But uh, yeah, they had a, they had a, a pretty good con. So if you're in the area next year and uh, you like horror, definitely go check it out. And um, their website is uh, crypticonkansascity.com, and we will include that link in the show notes mm-hmm. uh, so that you can keep an eye out for it next year if you happen to be in the area. And for those that are elsewhere, they do have. Other Crypticons, other... Oh, oh, they do, I should mention that. Yeah, I didn't know that, but they did. Have, there was one in Minneapolis. Yes. And, I want to say uh, one in Washington. I want to say, yeah, I want to say there's one east somewhere. I'm trying to find that information now. But, uh, uh, and this is the other thing, the autographs were actually very reasonable. Uh, I think the most we paid was 25 hmm. Well, that's not for, bad For any given autograph, so yeah. comparatively. Right, right. You know. Well, because we've been to cons where they've been as much as $50. $50. I thought for sure... Seattle. Ernie, Seattle. Oh, okay, West Coast. I thought for sure Ernie Hudson was going to be a 40 or 50 and uh, he was 25. Oh, true. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah, so. 
A little off topic here, but did you guys see the announcement from Planet Comic Con? Speaking of three days. Oh, yes. No, I did see that. Three days. Uh, and the date Friday. Set. Yeah, and they've set the date March 14th through the 16th. My so we're back birthday! to March. We're back to March. So. Which is too close to <laughs> Galley. Yeah. <laughs> Which bumps it back to you'll just have gotten back from Galley. Oh, you'll just have gotten back from Galley. Um, oh, that's all right. Yeah, so now three big days Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Kansas City Bartle Hall, March 14th through the 16th. So exciting stuff. That's kind of in the middle of March Madness, too. That really kind of surprises me that they do that. Yeah, but, well, oh. yeah, but they don't do that. Down. Well, no, they do the Sprint Center, though, don't they? Well, they could. We don't no, know they're going back to Bartle Hall. They no, that no, no, but Sprint Center's oh, nearby. Yeah. No, We're for, talking for, busyness. For, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, for the basketball, the basketball right, right. will be... I don't know if there are regionals the that will be happening yeah, in Kansas City that in, particular weekend. Yeah, I've just right. meant in general that there's something to pull people's attention away from the con, that it surprises guess, me they would I get that. I they early, figure most people will care more about the con. That's only a week earlier than they did it three years ago. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't care. March, bring it on. Bring it on. I can tell Mel I know what I want for my birthday. Well, in uh, in lieu of the fact that we're talking conventions, it's very appropriate that we're going to move on to feedback now because um, besides Sean, two of our uh, uh, listeners also attended cons this week and have reports for us. And first up is... Rachel! Rachel writes, comment, question, hello, Vortex gang. As promised, here's my short recap of Gen Con Indie. As... I went first thing in the morning on the first day. I was lucky that the crowds weren't very large. My top priority was seeing Peter Davidson. So when the door was Davidson, so when the door was opened at ten, the autograph table was where I headed first. Thankfully, the line wasn't very long, but I would have stood in line regardless. I chatted with a few people while waiting. All the while, I was still trying to keep my cool, as I was a bit nervous to be meeting the doctor for the first time. <laughs> Once it was my turn, I walked up to the table, and the guy taking the money for the autographs asked what I wanted signed and wrote my name out on a small sticky note so that my name would be spelled correctly, not something I have seen done before. And I thought it was a nice gesture on their part so that no one got an autograph with their name spelled wrong. Once the person who was before me walked away, I was face-to-face with Peter Davidson. He was quite friendly, asking about the bear I had brought that was dressed as the 10th Doctor doctor complete with glasses he doesn't actually need he just thinks it makes him look smarter <laughs> Bring i told him he had the distinction not only being the first doctor i ever met also the first doc- person from ever who have from doctor who have ever met he seemed quite pleased at this i also told him i was going to chicago tardis so i'd see him again and he said that sounded like it would be fun then we took a picture together and then it was over i probably could have said more but any questions or comments I had thought about asking left my brain completely the minute I got to <laughs> I guess it gives me more incentive to meet him again at Chicago. There you go. There you go. That sounds great. And now you've got those, you know, meeting him for the first time jitters out of the way. Yeah. So next time you go, it'll be like visiting an old friend. <laughs> the rest of the day was spent wandering around, people watching and shopping the various booths. I saw several Doctor Who cosplayers, including a fourth Doctor, a Victorian, or uh, I'm sorry, I skipped word. A fourth doctor, a tenth doctor, a Victorian slash steampunkish interpretation of the TARDIS, Rose, and the Brigadier. The folks from Who North America, which is a shop loca- located here in Indianapolis. I didn't know that's where it was. I didn't either. Had a large booth full of merchandise. But I was good and only bought a book. <laughs> <laughs> they also had a full-size Dalek that moved and talked. I saw several little kids run and hide behind their parents' legs as the Daleks threatened to exterminate them. <laughs> 
Although one girl was brave enough to give Nadalik a hug, Nadalik didn't seem to mind. That was a very cute picture that you posted. I saw the other pieces of Doctor Who related merchandise at several other booths, including steampunk hats that kind of looked like the TARDIS, jewelry, and art. I also picked up several copies of Doctor Who magazine from the 1980s, Sorry Sean, <laughs> from Sorry Sean, the Half Price Books booth. The Half Price Books booth. Which I didn't, re- I didn't reply. I did see that tweet come through that she kind of aimed at me, and I, I meant to reply with something pithy, and I was at work, so I didn't get the opportunity. I wasn't ignoring you because you, you sent that. I'm happy that you were able to find something, even if it was at a half price books and I don't have one. And I'm jealous. <laughs> Overall, I really enjoyed my day at my day at Gen Con. I'm not much of a gamer, but I figured at the very least it was very good practice for Chicago Tardis. Now to get back to work so I can have more spending money for Chicago. <laughs> Rachel, P.S. Shameless self plug. But for any listeners out there who would like to see my pictures and video from Gen Con, I'll include a link to my blog so they can see what the heck I'm talking about. And she includes that in the show notes. Which I looked at a lot. I saw a lot of her pictures just on Facebook. I'll include that in the show notes. Thank you. Glenn will will include that. She included a link that I could put in the show notes, I believe is what you meant. Yes. No, that Glenn will include. And and we will shamelessly self-promote you. It looked like it was a lot of fun. I've actually visited her blog quite a bit. So. Gen Con's actually a very... Um, it's it's game-based, but it's not only games, right? Yeah, it's, they, they have media guests there, but it's it's a primarily... No, it's, it started as a game convention. <laughs> what? I just... I remember back to when you guys went, and I was we were, we were running the blog for the TCG that we had. Remember we had the, the oh, yeah, TCG <laughs> blog? And you went, and you guys sent me reports and pictures, and I said... You sent me Gil Gerard's picture, and I looked at it, and I, what the heck is that? <laughs> what the heck is that? And then I realized who it was, and the caption came to me, Gil Gerard, or Buck Rogers got fat. <laughs> I just remember Buck Rogers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, he's looking pretty good now, though, because we saw him last year. He's slimmed down a lot. He looked great was last year. <laughs> So, Buck, if you're listening. Um, but <laughs> that was the strangest conversation ever. <laughs> Not this one. The one right, with right, Gil right, Gerard. Right, right. The first time at Gen The first time, the first time at Gen time, Con. Yeah, wow. Really it, was, to me too. it was... Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, Gen Con's a... Because it's primarily a gaming... Um, where, you know, it's they, run by Wizards of Coast. It's run by Wizards. So oh, it is. used to be. That. It, it's kind of a gigantic advertisement for their stuff. Um, but a lot of it's trading card and, uh, you know, magic, obviously, plus a huge, huge, huge part of Gen Con. Uh, magic the Gathering and then um, board games and some video, but not much. Um, but then they also have media guests, which are kind of a, that add-on of... Yeah, if they like can, there were four this year. If they, if they can loosely find a reason to bring somebody in that kind of sort of might tie into what's going on, sure, why not? If it doesn't happen to tie in, oh, well. <laughs> well, that's the more, majority of cons are, are other genre-related because the majority of them are comic cons, and then they have media guests of so right, sci-fi. Yeah. And, I mean, I, Fantasy Comic Con is, is on at the base level a comic book It's convention. a comic book convention, but yeah. You get uh, a lot of splintered media and, and sci-fi and whatnot. So. Yeah, Doctor Who's a comic book, so. Well, it's yes, true. but... Lots of things are comic books. Now. Star Trek's a comic book. Yes, yes, yes. Incredible Hulk. Well, he was a comic book. <laughs> he still yeah, is. You realize what I'm talking about? Anyway, thanks, Rachel. 
<laughs> you mean Buck Rogers? <laughs> Thanks, Buck. I think he had a comic book. Oh, yeah, Buck Rogers was a comic strip originally oh, before yeah, it was so. anything. So. Yeah, but before it was... But yeah. <laughs> Before Gil was even around, yeah. So. That's like saying Sam Jones couldn't be at a comic book convention. <laughs> Flash! Ah. You know, did you know we say her, share a birthday? Yeah, I saw that. I yeah. was very jealous of that, actually. <laughs> There's a couple of oh, other people. Oh, that's right. No, that was, yeah, I saw that. A couple other people, like uh, Ben's Ben Affleck's brother, but no, Sam Jones. Yeah. Casey Affleck. Yeah, Casey Affleck's brother. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't made it in Hollywood yet. <laughs> You're it's, still it's, only it's Sam Jones. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's no one atop that list that they share a birthday with. No offense, Dr. Phil. Speaking of, <laughs> would somebody set the date for our Flash Gordon tweet along so that I, it'll force me to buy the buy movie? It. What do you look at me for for that? <laughs> You're next the week, next Saturday? Okay. Uh, we're shooting we're next, next Saturday. Saturday. Oh. 48 Hour Film Project. Oh, really? That's oh, I did week. not know that. Yeah. How about the Sunday uh, after that? You or the Saturday after that? Okay, Saturday after that. Maybe. Sat- uh, you, you, September, school, school has started. <laughs> I have 7th. Mondays and Wednesdays no, off. August 31st? Which I'm in school, which means I'll be working all the rest of them. Well, you're, yeah, no, so. you're working my schedule when I'm off, so never mind. Oh, on Friday? Well, Friday and then the following week. I'm off the whole next week. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, because I was going to say, well, hey, I'm off that whole week, so I won't be getting home as late. Maybe we could do it, but Denise's going to be getting home as late as I would. So, But then again, I typically get up at my normal time so if we did an afternoon thing during the week but then a lot of people would be at work so never mind yeah. <laughs> we'll get it in there Flash one of these days uh, uh, maybe right. one of these days when we have a repeat we'll just preempt Friday Night Who yeah okay nah <laughs> <laughs> alright Friday, well, Friday Night Flash Friday Night Flash somebody else who had a convention this week and that's Chrissy Chrissy writes what'd you google TARDIS Dear Vortex Boys. That should have been your uh, yeah. oh, I didn't <laughs> want to steal her subject line. Oh, I've done that true. before. Yeah, I always feel guilty. Because you get to go first. <laughs> go ahead. Are you finished? The pair of you, I swear. Dear Vortex. And you have porn on Because <laughs> I usually see these emails before. You know, I know what it feels like. I don't think I'm going to interrupt you now on the, on the countdown. It's, it's, quite other rude. Times. it's quite rude of me, isn't it? Yeah, I shouldn't do that. Go ahead. Are you really? You don't want me? You don't have anything that's wrong? Okay. Evidently. I wouldn't want to be rude. <laughs> Evidently, helping staff at convention is very tiring work. Okay, I got it out. <laughs> Our library system's little anime convention for teens was yesterday, and they had me running around from noon to 10.30 p.m., and I'm exhausted. But it's a good kind of exhausted. The whole event turned out great. As such, this will be somewhat shorter than usual. I need a second Obduct Phil's recommendation for Avatar The Last Airbender. It's fantastic. For being a kid's show on Nickelodeon, it's really mature and deals with some pretty serious stuff. I don't particularly go for most of that cheesy kitty crap on Nickelodeon and Disney Channel, but Avatar is exceptionally high quality. Give it a shot at least. Anyway, Sarah Jane Adventures. I'd only seen Death of the Doctor from this season, so this was all new to me, even though I've owned the DVD for about a year now. I enjoyed all of it very much, even though I don't have a lot to say about the season as a whole. My favorite is easily Death of the Doctor. An appearance from the Doctor from in Sarah Jane Adventures is always a treat, but to have Joe Grant return is extra special. 
Watching Joe and Sarah Jane remember the Doctor was just so much fun that I can forgive the Shen Sheath's overly convoluted plot and let myself enjoy the boatloads of continuity references from Classic Who. And I love that Sarah Jane has been researching the Doctor's past companions and gives us all those little clues as to what they've been up to since leaving the Doctor. Well, the ones on modern-day Earth that Sarah Jane could do a Google search for anyway. I did a happy little dance when Sarah, mentioned, Sarah Jane mentioned that Ian and Barbara were married, because, well, why wouldn't they be? Also, I read a theory somewhere that maybe Tegan campaigns for Aboriginal rights and Ben and Polly run an orphanage in India, and Ace has her own charity, the same way that Sarah Jane is a freelance journalist out of her attic. That is, those are really cover stories for fighting alien threats in various parts of the world. I kind of like that idea that the Doctor's former companions are keeping the world safe in their own covert ways. Also, well, in different parts of the world, too. Yeah. Also, I think it's hilarious that K9 and Mr. Smith don't always get along. Does that mean that Keith doesn't like Mr. Smith very much either? <laughs> they, they, they kind of reconciled when they he left. Reconcile so, the Mr. Smith redeemed himself. I, I never trust, quite trusted him. I, since I, now I, I haven't trusted him since the end of Series 1. So. <laughs> and the fact that he doesn't like K9 should be a big indicator. <laughs> That's two strikes, buddy. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go take a nap. Or watch Person of Interest. That's really a good show, too. See y'all <laughs> later, Chrissy. Very good. Thanks, I'm glad your anime convention went well, Chrissy. It did. And I saw we some saw of her pictures, pictures too. She yeah. posted on Facebook. Her costume looked great. She did. She looked great. Nice job. And yes, it is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> and then last up is Holly from Wisconsin. Unless we've gotten any late ads. Nope. Yeah, I haven't refreshed here. And so. Not that I've seen. All right. I'll double check while you read. Holly writes, hey guy, oh, excuse me, her subject line, hey, got it right, 138 Sarah Jane Adventure Season 2. Oh, that was boring. Okay. <laughs> season 4, not Season 2. Well, that made it more exciting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey she, guy. Wrote, she wrote for. <laughs> she did write for. Hey, guys, great last <laughs> podcast. My holiday went well. Uh, though a, a little bit on the chilly side, but I can't, I can't complain. It was nice to get away for a while. Sarah Jane Adventures series season four. <laughs> I'll try to get my keep my thoughts on the eps short since there are six of them. The Nightmare Man. The Nightmare Man was particularly creepy and dastardly, preying on all of Luke's darkest fears and hurting poor canine like that is not cool at all. Love how both Clyde and Ronnie both summed up their courage and faced down their nightmares and helped Luke escape from the Nightmare Man. Was I the only one that was a little creeped out by the red flower on the Nightmare Man's suit coat? That thing reminded me of one of those squirting flowers that a clown would wear. I hadn't thought of that, but you know, now that you say that, I got that image. It makes sense, though. It does make sense. wonder what it would squirt. Acid. <laughs> I'd take a cue from the Joker. Uh, the Vault of Secrets. Love how Sarah Jane and Mr. Smith jammed the space rover signal on Mars so that the pyramid couldn't be seen. That was so wonderful. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I was just uh, all over myself for that. Uh, Adravax comes back asking for help, and I don't blame the group for not believing him. Burps is an okay name for a group talking about UFOs, but it doesn't have the ring like Linda does. <laughs> nice use of the sonic lipstick in both start parts of the story. Mr. Dredd and his team and the laser-shooting men in black are certainly something to be reckoned with. Gita finally hears that aliens are real, and she gets her memory neutralized. Uh, I mean, erased. <laughs> death oh, neuralized. Of, neuralized, I'm sorry. Yes, neuralized. Death of, the, death of the Doctor. I love this episode. Probably my favorite 
one out of the whole season. Sarah Jane and Joe are right to trust their gut instincts that they would somehow feel it when the doctor was dead for sure. We get name drops of the Brig and Liz Shaw. Loved the reaction on Ronnie, Sarah Jane, and Joe's faces upon meeting the 11th Doctor. It's great to see Joe again and how she interacts with Sarah Jane and the Doctor. Plus, I think it's time for Unit to impose a stricter vetting policy for new future recruits. (laughs) And it added more fuel to how many times the can of Time Lord regenerate uh, fire. Uh, Added more you said it right. Plus, okay. Added more fuel to the how many times the Time Lord can regenerate fire. Thank you. Um, the Doctor tells Clyde he can change 507 times. I also love the updates on some of the champions that, or companions, champions, companions that Sarah Jane gives at the end of this story. The Empty Planet. Ronnie and Clyde wake up to no adults. The two of them, along with Gavin, have to figure out who's behind this. The second half of the story starts to pick up after the robots are finally able to communicate with Ronnie and Clyde and figuring out that the robots need Gavin to come back to his home planet. Lost in time. The team is split up and has to find the... Chronostein? Thank you. Chronostein. Almost like the keys keys to time and the keys of Marinus. Not too much to say on this, but I did enjoy seeing Sarah Jane, Ronnie, and Clyde teamed up with someone else in the third time in the time period that they were sent to. Goodbye, Sarah Jane Smith. Ruby White sure grates on me on the first episode, but gut instincts were right. Just as just from the grin on Ruby's face when Sarah Jane told him to erase her voice commands from the database, she was up to no good. Uh, the talk that Gita gave Ronnie about Sarah Jane was just what she needed to tell her something wasn't right. Then Mr. Smith, acting all out of sport, sorts, really gave Clyde more ammo that Sarah Jane just wouldn't leave like leave like the way that she did. Good for Canine for stopping Luke and Ronnie arguing more than they should be, and getting and that getting Sarah Jane and Clyde back are the main thing. Luke turning the tables at the end was a nice touch. At least the time, nothing. Oh, excuse me. At least this time, nothing gooey exploded on Sarah Jane, Luke, Ronnie, and Clyde. Well, maybe not Clyde. (laughs) And K-9 and Mr. Smith seem to have settled whatever problem they had from the earlier season now. I have to say that the episodes were good this season. I'll wrap up here. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts and everyone else's on this season. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. And that's it for feedback this week. I think she just wrapped up my reviews, too, so. (laughs) That's it for this week. (laughs) All right, well, let's get into our reviews of Sarah Jane Season 2. Okay. As a reminder... <laughs> Four. You're going to confuse people. As a reminder, Three, my, my, my synopses are for the first episode of each story. It's not for the full encompassing story because those are too long. <laughs> the Nightmare Man. Luke faces life-changing events and a Bannerman Road will never be the same again. But when Sarah Jane's son has his first nightmare, he's haunted by a dark figure from his dreams. A strange entity is reaching out to our world with terrible consequences for the whole human race. Dun, dun, dun. Actually, that may have been a little strong. That was yeah, a little strong. That was a little strong. Dun, dun, dun. I think this is one of the That may have been a little weak. I think this is one of the yeah, weakest of the I series. would agree. Um, th- well, the interesting thing is, is that I, I explained last week, 
how I popped in the wrong (laughs) episodes and actually saw Lost in Time first before I realized my error. But going back and putting this in perspective, this series, this season overall is really good. It is. But it's bookended for me, at least. It's bookended with two of the weakest episodes of it, which I thought were weird because when you're devising a series, I think you really want to get off on a really strong foot and you want to end with a bang. And I didn't feel like series four did that for me. I felt like it it really was its best throughout the whole center, middle, mid body of the series. But this one, I, I didn't hate this one. There, there are ones from other series that I did that I've liked least than this. So Mona at least Lisa. I went. Into, <laughs> yeah, at least I went into this one going, okay, this this isn't too bad. I thought the villain was really weak. It was a weak concept, a weak idea. Um, I do. I thought it was interesting that this was the first time that uh, Luke has ever dreamt. Yeah, that idea, which they've referenced to before. Right. Or, yeah, and, and then I was really grateful for the fact that since I knew that we weren't going to get any Luke after this, it was I was really grateful to have so much of him, this episode, or this story centered around him, because he does go missing there with the exception of a few little cameos over the over Skype and whatnot yeah. later. So I did appreciate the fact that they, they took one story and really focused it on Luke. Um, I like the idea that they were able to converge within their dreams and and be able to to, to fight this. It, together. it really allowed the three kids to shine. Yeah, and and I thought uh, uh, Elizabeth uh, Slade did a, a fantastic job, but overall the story is just kind of there. I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I like the I like the idea behind the story, and I don't know if it's that the idea is weak or that it was just and it was poor execution. You know what it is. It's a kid's version of Nightmare on Elm Street is what it is. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, well, and it felt very much like the 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 previous episode with the clown where he was feeding on. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it was almost well, a it, retread of that kind of it, same idea. It doesn't help that the, that the Nightmare Man kind of looks like a clown, a clown. or a holocaust. Yeah. And she was creepy looking. I'll give him that. I thought. Because you don't like clowns. That's true. <laughs> it did its point job. <laughs> I... I uh, it was a nine-foot robotic clown at Crypticon. Yeah, <laughs> was it really? Oh, it was yeah, wow. frightening. It would do this. I was like, oh, God. Next aisle, quick. <laughs> you don't want a picture with the clown? No. Next aisle. <laughs> I agree with a lot of what you said. And part of why I think it doesn't work that great for me is it feels like we don't fully explore explore where the Nightmare Man comes from or why he's doing what yeah, he's doing. That's a good point. He's there for the scary aspect, and as for a kid's show, this is creepy. And as a kid, this would have scared me. I would have been watching from behind the sofa. But everything else, it's just it just doesn't do it for me. Nice character moments, nice character development, nice send off for Luke. Unfortunately, nice send off for uh, Canine. Everything, but other than that, it's just kind of meh. Were there tears? There were not tears. I knew he'd be back. But he was leaving in the car. But he, you know what I said to myself? Okay, I want to spin off of that now. Luke and Luke King and University. <laughs> do it. They could do that. Now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, and apparently, um, Tommy Knight wanted to reduce his involvement in the show. And um, Bob Baker was less willing, less willing to allow the expanded use of K-9 on the show because of the Australian spin-off series, mm-hmm. and that's why they sent them both off to a, oh, that's off, interesting. a uni. 
And I, I knew Luke was leaving eventually anyway, so... Well, I remember once upon a time that we'd heard that that was happening, but I, it, it it came as kind of a shock, almost, well, in a way, that it was it's boom, boom, right up front. I mean, Very much like Maria, when she left. Yeah. It's, because they, she handled the, the first episode of the, of the second series. And that's yeah. what kind of kept going through my mind. Maybe and that's so why I, I keep thinking this is season two. I, I, <laughs> I had my defense barriers up, because it was like, no, I'm not going through this again, and now they're going to bring in some other guy to be Sarah Jane's son, and he won't be as good, and I won't like him, and... Luckily, they toyed Maybe with that. Maybe they'll get a robotic cat, and I'll just be like, ah, oh, this sucks. <laughs> Luckily, they toyed with that in the Nightmares, but didn't do that the rest of the season. Yeah, I was really happy with nice, that. Which is a very nice thing. And what I did like, what I watching this as an adult, what I liked about this story is four kids, and part of it gave me a very big Buffy feel, is it's dealing with emotional issues that kids go with. The fear of change, the fear of moving on, going to a new school, etc. And it's a great way to deal with these things in a science fiction setting. And I thought those themes were handled very well. Exactly. Yes, I agree yes. with you there. Thematically, good story. Story-wise, maybe not so much. Um, just briefly touching on Liz Sladen's performance when she showed up as the, the um, crotchety old lady who was bugging Clyde. <laughs> yeah, that was Great this episode. That That's was, what I was referring yeah. to. Yes. That was another, yeah, Great a very standout performance and, and from her. It's, it's funny that that would be the Nightmare Man's particular view view of what Clyde's nightmare would be, that you're never as good as Luke and you're not as good as... And Sarah Jane's the one that's going to be coming in here and telling you about it mm-hmm. while you're flipping burgers. You know, but then the comeuppance of him being stuck in that particular scenario. <laughs> like, have I told you about my son Luke? He's a genius. He's this, he's that, blah, blah, blah. And he's got to hear that for the rest of, you know, however long he's going to be stuck there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys know the guy who plays the Nightmare Man was also Davros. In the, Doctor Who. In the new series. The new yeah, series. the new series, Davros. Not Terry Malloy. Not Terry Malloy. Did not know that? I didn't know that either. Interesting little tidbit. That's all I really have for this episode. The story. Yeah, I, it's, like I said, it was. It, it, it kind of kicked things off, and it it almost set. It's the, like a, oh yeah, we're back to Sarah Jane. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really. I just it, left a, <laughs> it, it didn't set the bar high, at least for the season. Yes. Where other seasons yes. set the bar really high in the first story. I would we've, agree. We've and all I kind of agreed that it goes that, downhill throughout this season. That was my pro- that was my problem with season two specifically was the fact that uh, I thought even though we're dealing with the Jadoon again. I thought, okay, they, they really hit the ground running, and then we just kind of did this little scoop down as we went. This one... But see, I didn't agree with you on that season, no, either, because I, I liked the, the end ones. But, yeah, this one... I, I, so we're all... I think so. We're yeah. all there that it's just kind of like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, the Vault of Secrets. When an old enemy, the Androvax the Veil, returns from to Earth, the gang face a dilemma. Should they trust him? Or does the leg- legendary vault hold an even greater terror? But a second threat arises when android guardians threaten to destroy anyone who uncovers their secrets. Dun, dun, dun. It's kind of about the same mm. level for me. See, I thought this it, one was better. It, it, I thought this I was, was better, too. I was quite disappointed that... Uh, is it Androvax? Androvax? Androvax. And, Androvax, you're Androvax. Right. Androvax. That, that Androvax returns because that... I. How he escaped from the Jadoon, yeah. they didn't really well, touch on. Wasn't he? He they was still did, but I can't did they remember it? what they said. Yeah, they, they mentioned how he got away, but I can't remember what it was. But regardless, it 
It was a really expensive. I didn't think he was a fantastic. I didn't think he was a fantastic villain before. Yeah. And I didn't like. I don't like the whole possessing another person's body. So that I liked that we got through it quick. Yes, and I got well, and and we do it. It's actually utilized much better, I thought, in this episode as well. And so. When he initially came back, and I thought, "Oh, here we go. We're going to do this guy again. Or at least it's not Slavine coming back, but or Blathering or whatever." And so then we. we oh, we went, that was the other thing about which the we got first a nice episode. Was that Slavine showed up at the very beginning. Yes, of, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and I went, "Oh God." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, but, the Bond pre-title sequence almost. But as this goes along, I really thoroughly enjoyed this because I like the fact that he's he's like coming to them and playing to them to try to get them to help him and that he's changed and he's trying to convince them and Sarah kind of goes along with it but she has that gut feeling that she doesn't trust him and uh, I like the the idea of this vault of uh, alien basically artifacts that this one group of androids have been charged with uh, guarding essentially and that it's Basically, bigger on the inside that it's uh, you know. Uh, I, I really liked what, what it felt like London's take on Men in Black. Yeah, because Men in Black have always felt very American. Yeah, yeah, because of Roswell and everything, and so it's kind of a nice. Okay, well now we're going to start doing this too. Well, and here's the thing: is it uses the Men in Black mythos that I was familiar with before the, the Men in Black movies. And doesn't silly it up like now. Don't get me wrong; I enjoyed Men in Black and Men in Black Three, but <laughs> <laughs> but I've always that's just that's not my idea of Men in Black, the Men in Black mythos that well, yeah. and, and, always and been portrayed. To be fair to the movies, those are more based off the comics. They are based on comics, but even the comics, I, I've never thought was very good dealing with the mythos. This, even though there was a little bit of silliness to it, and they played it a little tongue-in-cheek, it's, it stayed more with the whole, you know, reason behind it. And it actually gave it an excuse, yeah. and whether it be, whether, or other than it being, you know, this secret uh, organization. military organization yeah. or governmental organization. <laughs> which is, it's which actually was really been placed nice. here by, you know, uh, uh, aliens in order to keep... Because we're not ready for first contact, essentially. Yeah. Which is really nice, considering and then shutting that the program UK already, already has two. Do they really need three? Well, that was the interesting was thing, nice. though, is they get the you get the impression that yeah, it was it was shut down in the seventies, which would have been about the time that Unit was operating yeah. and coming along. And then, of course, as you know, Unit's still running now, but Unit's kind of run its course, and then Torchwood kind of came along. So, I so I, I like that concept. Well, and it was, that, that it's a kind of passing. Yeah, torch. kind of a passing well, torch they're, they're without also, them really knowing. Yeah. yeah, none of them really know that the other person is doing yeah. it, but somehow fate has worked it out to where we have <laughs> everything kind of covered at certain times in t- in the time period. So, um, I thought that was cool. Um, I like I the exploration really, of Burp. Yeah, that, which was funny. Which, which, oh, I love those two a, characters too. Oh, uh, they, yeah, I, they were Minty they were wonderful. Ocean. Yeah, and I love the fact that uh, Minty's got this device that typically would work. Which <laughs> I thought, wow, that's very clever that he's got something that. And Sarah Jane sabotages it there at the last second. I, that was cool, um, and it, it, it felt very much like a nod to Linda. Yeah, it sort of did. It sort of as, did. As Holly mentioned. Which is funny because Caitlin and I just recently watched uh, Love and Monsters. Is she that far? She, by the way, she's done with it. She, today she finished Series 2 
and she oh. watched the first two episodes of series three. Nice. So, yeah. Oh wow. Well, she watched Runaway Bride and no, she watched Smith and Jones and uh, the Shakespeare Cut. So, oh, very yeah, good. She's that far on right now. Yeah, she gets these little. She sits down and goes into these little streaks of uh, many, yeah, many mainline, many mainline. Uh, but yeah, overall, oh, I like this. I like the idea that uh, how the the Earth is threatened because as soon as he launches this star drive to get out of there, it's essentially going to basically blow up the Earth. I like that. It was a neat concept. It was a neat. Um, Agreed. I, I don't quite understand why it would because it's in this. It's in. A, they, they they talked about it. That wasn't. Bigger on the inside. It was, so a, was it a, another dimension, another, essentially. Yeah. Dimension, another location. But it has to. It has, it has to go. It has, it has to. My my impression was, in order to get out, it, it has, has to, to go, go through. through okay, I didn't get that while watching. To our dimension. That makes more sense now. And so I get the impression that you know, that, but I like the fact that there's a reason for the Earth being in peril. Yeah. And and there's a, there's a reason for having to uh, uh, basically stop him from taking off. So. Uh, and, and I thought it concluded very well. So, uh, thoroughly enjoyed this one. Uh, thought it was much better than the first one. There are parts of it I like better than the first one. Um, I, I enjoyed the Men in Black. I enjoyed the the idea that, like you said, that we're taking that mythos and just kind of putting a slightly different spin on it. And it's not something that we've seen Sarah Jane tackle yet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, it's time for this you know, to, <laughs> to, to really come mm-hmm. to fruition. Um, I like the fact that the body swapping was done better and that we didn't spend a lot of time second guessing who was you know, it's, uh, it's Vax, okay here we go you know and just just get get hurry up and get there um i didn't like burps and i think honestly the 90 percent of that is because i still don't like gita gita is See? good in small doses as comic relief and this really kind of thrust her up into the plot part of it that it's revolving around her and she just grates on my nerves. And so I couldn't enjoy the little fun asides with this group other than, you know, well, it should work and it doesn't. I mean, that was great. But pretty much everything else was just like, and there she is again. And there she is again. And here's another scene. It was just like, okay, enough of you. I just I, I, guess, I just don't like Gita. I just don't like her. I guess I don't have a problem with Gita. I and I, I was kind of disappointed, actually. I never that liked, uh, what's her name's mom? Yeah, Maria's uh, mom. Maria's mom. Yeah. But I should have But I, I kind of thought it was going to do the reverse at... Uh, and I'm disappointed that they wiped her memory because I thought it was going to do the reverse. She was getting the confirmation. That yeah, and, and it was going to be the reverse of Maria's dad, where she kind of knows what's going on and kind of covers with his her mom with uh, Ronnie's mom or dad now, and is kind of involved. And I kind of like that idea because be I don't I don't mind Gita at all. And that, I think I think part of what makes her obnoxious is because she doesn't know what's going on. She's not in the loop, so she has to play that comic relief. And kind of like how Maria's dad got so much better once he was in exactly. the Exactly. And mm-hmm. I, I think, honestly, and I think that I, was the problem. I think is that would have fixed it if they would have not wiped her memory. I, I think had she become a productive member of the group, <laughs> because she had some of this knowledge and was aware of what was going on, and we could give her that moment where she wasn't as ditzy as she kind of comes across, that maybe that would have enhanced her a little bit for me. But instead, she's got to go off in the exactly where I kind of figured Gita would take it. I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be because it's all about her. It doesn't matter yeah, that we save the planet. True. It's all about her. And okay, it, we're going to wipe her memory again. And there's a part of me that's like, good, wipe her memory. And there's another part of me that's like, which means she can continue to be the obnoxious, unknowing bore on this show that she just I. 
it was it was a it was a, it was a it was a lose lose for me at that <laughs> I, moment I, because I also I didn't, didn't want her to be part of the group anymore. I also like the exploration of she does kind of they do kind of remember and saw stuff from the Jadun episode. Yeah, that was fine. because part of what I didn't like about that was the whole ridiculousness of them not really seeing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what I remember that yeah, story, they, they kind of very skirted around it. Yeah, but sort of corner of the eye viewing. Yeah. yeah, but I, I, you know, I don't mind the fact that they tackled the idea that she saw something. I just didn't like how they went about it. I don't know if this episode maybe enough. was the best way to do it or not to to, to deal with it. But um, we should talk about the open though. When they blocked the signal on Mars. Oh yeah, yeah. That was I, the best part. I, that of was it. Uh, totally. I agree. Hands down, that was the best part of it. And when that was coming up, and I, 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 I didn't even know where they were going with it, and they're doing that, and then when we get to see what everybody else doesn't get to see, and you see the pyramid, pyramid in the background. Yeah. I went, <laughs> and Sean had mentioned that there was something like that because he had seen this episode to me, and he was like, "Yeah, you don't know what it could be. It's totally pyramids in my eyes. It's totally pyramids. Yeah. Well, I there's no way that could be an ice warrior. It was left ambiguous enough. It could have been the ice warriors that she was protecting them from because she said some of Mars planet secrets deserve to be stay secret. That is but true. I, I agree. But, I agree. It's a, it's, it's a pyramid. But because Sarah, Sarah, because Sarah, Sarah was Jane was never in a ice warrior's it well. Well, she no, knew she was because she met Peladon the ice was one of the ice But I don't think she, did they stories. did she know that that was they were from Mars? I think she did. I think the doctor explained that. But yeah, I was thinking it just it made more sense to me that it was Pyramids of Mars, Mars because that was predominantly a Sarah Jane story. But she met the ice warriors and Peladon. No, I agree. It's that's totally a Pyramids of Mars story. Yeah, but that was where Sutek was before he yeah. was annihilated. So finally annihilated. That's his prison tomb. Pretty cool. <laughs> Do we know when that part of that episode was set? The prison? No, the when, when, when they go to... When they actually go to Mars in Pyramids of Mars. Is it set... It's the fourth story. Of the, <laughs> oh, when... When in real the, time? When in, re, in, when in Earth uh, time that that particular uh, yeah, part of that probably, story is set. Probably. Because is it, obviously they're in the past when they encounter him on Earth in the house. And he's right. building the pyramid Initially. thing. Initially. But then he takes her into the far future to show this is what Sutek will do if we don't Correct. stop him. And then they go back. I got the impression it's Mars. present day. So it, was, it still would have been present day past. 1911, I think. Yeah. Okay. Oh, was it really? Because he takes... that. That's that's when the past was. 1911. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Uh, then he takes him forward to 1980. Then Tardis turns to 1911. And then I'm scrolling down. Hold on. And then they go to Mars. Yeah, it doesn't indicate that it's so in it, the future. It's, it's more of a spatial Wait. hop than a time hop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't see why it would be, because the they, they make reference to the fact that he's basically been imprisoned on Mars since, like, ancient Egypt. For 7,000 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. No, it just, it, just from a Sarah Jane point of view, would there have been any, you know, that she knows that there's knowing smile on her face because she knows that in two hours, I'm actually going to be locked in an airtight cylinder oh, on I the plane. Oh, I see where you're trying to go with but, that. No. Yeah, no, it wouldn't happen. Just, so. just hiding the evidence. Just of hiding it. the evidence for everybody else, which yeah. is still cool. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I get the impression that that tunnel that Sutek was using to traverse to Earth was not like a, t- a time thing. It right, yeah. A, no, it's, yeah. Just, it's, it's, just, it's just been long enough since yeah. I've seen Pyramids yeah. that I need to go back and revisit right. it. So, 
but yeah, that that was obviously the best part. That was of it. the best but, part. I agree. And I, I thought the you know I liked the the end how the robot had to, or the android had to use his power. We get yeah. that great little bit of exposition about his power cell, and then it's like, yeah. oh, we have a use for it now. And <laughs> um, I didn't think they seemed very men in blacky with removing their hands and firing. They were almost ray bolts. that way. Uh, it's kind of where I thought they were going Un- initially until the big ray gun came until out. Until a huge yeah. ray, huge ray gun came out of his sleeve. They, they, they don't do anything small. These guys, it's like, it's, it's, well, it was nineteen seventies. This hand cannon, you know. Oh yeah, they were <laughs> dirty hairy. <laughs> they have a big gun on them. They hadn't it down. They don't. They didn't have the noisy cricket uh, yeah, yet. No, no, no miniaturization there. But yeah, overall, like I said, this, I just. It was okay. It's not that it was great. It's not that it was bad. It was just it felt kind of in line with the one that had come before. And I was I was a little worried. I was like, wow, this season's really off kind of a rocky start for me. Mm, that's funny because I thought this this was a step up from the first. It was it was, it was a step fun. up, but not much of one. But again, I lay all that on Gita's feet because <laughs> I don't like you. Well, shall we step up the mountain? Let's step up the mountain. Now let's go to the pin the pinnacle, the peak, the very highest. Just, let's put plant the flag. Let's go to Everest. This next one. Yeah. Is the Everest of this series? Yeah. What was the next one? The Death of oh, the Doctor. Oh, okay, there it is. I was thinking there was another one before this. I was going, no, because the peak pentacle of this is going to be Death of the Doctor. We're going to go higher up Everest with this than Brian Blessed. Yeah, this is the Higher peak. than Brian Blessed? Higher than Brian Blessed. Because he didn't make it to the peak. We're going to the peak. <laughs> When the Doctor is declared dead, old companions Sarah Jane and Joe Grant meet for the very first time and join forces to discover the truth. As an interstellar conspiracy gathers around Unit HQ, Clyde finds that he holds the fate of the Time Lord in his hand. Quite literally. You gonna do it together? Okay. You can get on some of this? Dun, dun, dun! We liked this one. <laughs> This is the second time I've seen this one, too. I had not. <laughs> Clueless. I watched this years ago well, when it came I mean, out, because I thought, oh, I can't wait. I'm just, I, <laughs> because I, I did that with the David Tennant ones, as I watched those as soon as uh, they were available. and We, we were spoiled when it came up with the next time on, oh, yeah. you know, and so we're watching it, and then I, I realized, oh, this is that one. And that's when Matt Smith showed up, and Mel went on the couch. <laughs> was like, oh well, no surprise there. <laughs> but then we still managed to hold off a week before we watched. I don't know how you so managed to do that. That's how busy we were. Yeah, in fact, I think I went right on. I think I, I watched. I watched this back to back with because I was like, I know what's coming next, so I want to see that again. I went one, two, and three back to back. I'll tell you right now. I am two I, days. The only thing that would have made this better is if we'd already just watched it. I am so glad that you guys are getting ready to... Because you haven't seen Green Death, right? Have not seen You've Green not Death. Seen no, Green Death. So I'm so glad that we're getting to see Joe's finale and leaving. Because this is where all of this is set up for where she is and why she, oh, who yes. she's with. Yeah. Yeah. Little, little so I'm glad that you guys right will now. get that close together and get sort of that uh, uh, reverse... Uh, um, uh, retconning, but you know, just that I, I think, reverse reveal. I think I'm going to want to go back and rewatch it after that. Yeah, because I, 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 I might get to. more references, and I think it will have more of an emotional impact for yeah. me. The good thing as is, squee worthy as this was, it was not as emotional for oh. me as watching with ten. Yeah. Well, then see that makes that makes sense. That could because, be. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was nicely focused towards Joe more, I thought, but it didn't seem like Katie and Matt had the connection that ten and. Sarah, uh, that David and Sarah do, the actors. 
I think partially because David's such a fan of Sarah. Well, I'm sorry. I think the characters together in are, were together in very different ways. I don't that's think true. that Joe and the Doctor were as close as Sarah and the Doctor were. That's okay. And so that's, that's why it makes more sense. But this really dealt with the idea that Joe wasn't very bright and she recognized that. She's yeah, but she it, says it, that several it, times. but Joe was very compassionate and I think she felt that the doctor patronized her a lot and didn't see the qualities in her that she, that he maybe saw in other companions. And so this almost is a validation for her yeah. that he did. He saw, and he watched her because you know she was upset. She was dis- disappointed that Sarah had already Got to encountered meet him, him. Those parts were just and kind of she hard, had to never, hard to watch, wasn't it? Then, yeah, but then when when the doctor reveals to her that yeah, and it, was, it starts talking about her life, and you realize he's been watching her, and then she, it, there was really no, it was accidental that he showed up with. Sarah the first time, but yeah, and, and Sarah says that it was quite. In fact, she she kind of tries to she, she tries to play that. it off, and uh, well, you know, it was quite accidental. And, and the first time, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I like to think that um, ten went to all companions before he left. Uh, you know what? That is the best part of this episode. <laughs> I we, we watched end of time, and we get these snippets, and we get the extended, over long, dramatic David Tennant goes back and visits everybody new series <laughs> that that shows up in his life. And it's fine, and it's fan-wank, and it's there, and okay. And it bugged me that he didn't visit everybody. And Russell T. Davies coming back and writing this line in this episode has fixed that. I checked up on all of you. Okay, I forgive you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have fixed it. Everything's good. Yeah. Because I do. I agree. I wanted to believe that he went back and checked up on everybody. Yeah. Not that he doesn't do it periodically anyway, no. but I, I just think especially one person now. he didn't get a chance to go back and check up on, and I think that's the brig. Yeah, because oh, he missed his opportunity, way, and that was the way. You know, yeah, and uh, closing time. Mm-hmm. That nice reference. Yeah. Uh, Although I also kind of get the that impression that, seen, that he probably that because he, the brig met almost every. Well, if you count. All of the materials. The Brig met every version of the Doctor, with the exception of the first. Which makes well, him truly his best friend. Well, the first, because in... Different actor, yeah. not the Brig. But still. No, no, no. I'm talking about five Doctors. Hartnell was there. He didn't essentially Oh, that's right. Him, he did meet he he three Doctors. encountered it. No. Oh, he was in the three Doctors as well. Yeah, but so. I don't think he had a scene with... He didn't have a scene well, with them, but he yeah, technically... I think, he, I think the Brig did have a scene with William Herndl. He, Richard. Well, Richard Herndl. He... he Yes, yes. And, and, and he he met him in disconnected. Five doctors. Yes, he yes. does. Okay, but he, he was even in so the TARDIS was when, before the first Doctor leaves the video screen at the end of the third Doctors, the three Doctors. Okay, so, so then he's met all of them. Yeah. Okay. So fine. anyway, so I get the I always got the impression that 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 even though the eleventh Doctor missed that last moment before he died. That he constantly went back and saw the brig because we saw that happen throughout even the classic series of him revisiting oh, yeah. the brig, albeit accidentally a few times as well. Then, but uh, so well, I get and, the impression and, um, that, that the brig doesn't really count in that because yeah, he. That's why I think that was more impactful. That in Power of Three, he's not totally surprised that Kate Stewart yes with, with that yeah, reveal. That's true. So maybe he met her. As a, little, a, girl. as a well, little girl or he, something. He, which which story was it that the brig was back in, and he mentions the brig's wife? 
It would have been Battlefield. Battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. And I want well, there wasn't a mention of the child though, right? No, but it, but it's, some of the spin-off materials refers to the fact that that uh, uh, Kate Kate is actually from another marriage. That oh. the the uh, his wife in Battlefield is actually a second wife, oh. I believe. If I just some of the stuff I've seen which from a reading, but timeline standpoint probably makes more sense. Yeah, I think so. Just from a he was because he wasn't. He was getting old. I, I like to think of his wife. I don't. He did we, wasn't did we see married, his wife in Battlefield? He was, or did we just talk yeah, about oh her? Yeah, we, we see did her. see her. Yeah, we see at her frequently. But she, uh, she well, was, she was at the beginning when they call him up, and then she right, was okay. again yeah. when she goes yeah, off with right. the girls. Yeah. And, she, um, and she's she's not spry enough, no, I don't she, think, to be giving birth she, to Kate. She's, she's, well, but she's <laughs> quite a bit younger than I think she, yeah, at that point, yeah. too. Um, but also, he when he's at the school in the Fifth Doctor era, it's not... He's not married. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, yeah. I think that's where the, some of the materials have gotten the fact that he maybe was married at one time, had a daughter, had divorced. they divorced because. Well, I think in, in fact they talk about his job basically was just too, you know, he, he couldn't be compatible with being married and being in unit or the military, uh-huh. and so it didn't work out. And then, yeah. In fact, downtime. <laughs> the. With, with yes, it has Kate it. in it as well, um, does kind of uh, address the fact that that's the reason why their relationship is strained because of the fact that mm. they have such different lives. Uh, anyway, back to this story. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I think I, the, the dynamic between the two was different, and so that's what made it this emotional for me is the fact that the, the way that they left because you haven't seen it yet, but the way that they left things and the way that, that Joe, the way Joe perceived that the doctor perceived her mm-hmm. was incorrect. Uh-huh. And that there was, the, the doctor kind of validates that there was more than, than just that. So that, that was neat. I, I, I love that speech he gave her on the planet. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was such a good speech. That, 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 that was the emotion. That, that, that was, was like, the turning oh, point wow. where, because it was like, quarter of the way through the second episode where the mm-hmm. first half when they first kind of meet and it, w- it wasn't until that that i started to feel that okay they're doing joe justice now yeah, yeah. i love the fact that uh, uh she explains what she's been doing and that she's this environmentalist with because her grandson as you'll find out there. in the green death she's <laughs> man she marries as an environmentalist <laughs> um and uh, the the i love the references to peladon which, when they both realize they've been yeah. to Peladon, when, when Joe mentions, well, you know, he took me to this planet called Peladon, and, and then Joe's, or, uh, Sarah's like, I went to Peladon. And then, <laughs> the, then they talk about Air, Air, uh, Aragon. Aragog. Aragog. No. No. Aragon. Aragon. Okay. And uh, so they have that connection, and then, then just the, the little moments they have between each other, it's like, you know, old girlfriends catching up, but they really didn't know each other because they just have that common link with the doctor. Um, just all the fan wanking. Oh, it's just so all it's over the place. filling to the brim. It I, is. I couldn't it's decide initially if I liked the way that he extrapolated Joe's character because she shows up and she's still ditzy and she's very blonde and she's just just being Joe, but yet it's that filtered remembrance version of Joe. It seemed like it was very much this is what I remember from the 70s and there was 
this, 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 and this. And so we're going to have Joe do all of that. And now she's going to be, you know, oh, I, I do I go out and do causes and I protest and I do this. So, and I've got scented candles and herb tea and, you know, just because that was big there. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just, it's just, you, well, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But a, as, it, as it progressed, I realized that, no, that's, that's just it, though. Is, but so. having seen the Green Death, and I, I don't think you're going to get this huge aha enlightenment moment when you see it. But knowing that who she ends up with and how he was, it's I I get the impression that he really kind of changed a lot of that in her. That she wasn't necessarily that hippie tree hugger. She had that you know she had those incon- inclinations, but yeah. she just. She didn't really act on him until she met him and right. fell in love. And then well, just, it's, it's like um, it's like that '70s show. Is that really what the '70s were like, or is that just what oh, we no, remember the '70s were yeah, like? Well, that's so, what that is. But I, know, I'm not sure. I, I kind of felt that about this initially. I can see where you got that without knowing some of the backgrounds. Because yeah, so. I have, I, I freely admit, I have not seen Green Death. So, um, but initially, I kind of got that vibe. But then, as it as it progressed and as it went on, um, it was there. I I felt a little bad that Santiago was a little shortchanged. Um, that he wasn't really, really given much to do, but I mean, admittedly, we've got but he sent, a pretty full show he, as it he, is. He gets sent off to be with the kids, and I thought that was fine. Yeah, yeah no, no, I mean, and it, it was kind of a nice interchange of you travel the world, you've been in space. I mean, they're the yeah. nice. Yeah. The, the well, kids it's being funny because of each other. It, it's really neat because they set that up with they're talking in the in the little uh, morning room, and he's talking about all these places he's gone, and they and they're like, yeah, we're from what? Where are they from? Ealing. Uh, yeah, Ealing. Ealing, and it's like. And my first thought was, yeah, but you capture aliens and you been to space and you know. yeah. And then they touch. And on then they touch on that later, yeah. which yeah. is nice. Yes. Yeah, in, in a way, it was almost kind of like a, a nice replacement for Luke. <laughs> I trailed off there because I just something just dawned on me, which what? I'll have to talk about in the next. We'll okay. talk about the next story. Oh. Um, Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we've got a fairly full boat at this point, and then the addition of Joe and trying to incorporate all this extra stuff. So some which, of the, it, you had which to it from totally makes which, sense to separate the two. Groups. Yeah, no, it, it totally does. And so I thought that was great, and I love the relationship, and I loved the, um, I love the fact that the vultures were the, <laughs> you know, and Sarah Jane's were, well, obviously we can't trust them. I mean, just look at them. <laughs> okay, now wait a minute. Whoa, 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 that's not good. And I love it that you know Ronnie calls her out, and I was like, hey, we don't do that. Okay. Um, it, it was hard at times to watch Sarah Jane's reactions to this. The, <laughs> you know what's ironic is all of this was written before the whole death storyline of him going in the distance. Oh, that's, that's the what genius I thought of all watching. Yeah, this. no, that's the genius part of it. Is that's totally I've retconned it in my head. This is where he gets the idea to tone himself down. That he's going to fake his own death. It all comes from this episode. Oh, yeah. That he thinks that that's sense. a good idea. Yeah. I, I, sold. I because while watching it, I had to keep reminding myself, well, no, that's later. This is... <laughs> yeah, that's... Which, it, it was nice that they made the reference to Amy where and Rory, Amy and, Rory are at. and where honey they honey are planet. in the 11th Doctor's Run. Right. A honeymoon planet. It's actually <laughs> Not, a moon made of honey. <laughs> no, no, it's, 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 it's a moon and a planet that got married, and they're on their honeymoon. That's right, that's right. Not as much fun as it sounds. <laughs> Which, and I thought that was a very nice reference when Joe, knowing that she leaves and gets married, that she left because she got married. Mm-hmm. 
not seeing Green Death. I right. think that'll have more of an impact mm-hmm. next when I see it. And then being and the, the fact that well, I could have stayed with you if I brought this guy along. I thought that was a really interesting reaction mm-hmm. to. She, he's talking about Amy and Rory, and none of these people know who Amy and Rory are. But that's just the Eleventh Doctor, just right. diarrhea of the mouth. When uh, when she sees him for the first time and is going on and on and on about his baby face, oh, and, and, and Joe says, oh, "I knew he could change faces. I didn't know it could turn into a baby's." <laughs> and his reply, "You look like somebody baked you." Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's harsh. That's, I, I had that split moment because part of me was laughing uproariously, and there was another part of me going, ah. But that is so something the, doctor. the Pertwee's doctor would yeah. have said. And so I thought, wow, well done. There's where the writing was done really well. That would have been one of those brash things that the, that the, the third doctor would have he set would have off just, the cup just, and then regretted. And then regretted later. <laughs> Then he would have patted her on the hand and said, I'm sorry, let's, yeah. let's go and have a cup exactly. of tea. Exactly. And maybe and we'll so find a wine and some cheese thought, for me. <laughs> that's wonderful writing right there. And the reference to the, uh, speaking of the third doctor, that Liz is stranded on a unit moon base and can't get back for the, his funeral. First I thought funeral. that was a nice mm-hmm. touch of The Briggs why. in Peru and Liz yeah. is on yep. the moon base. <laughs> Wait, you've got a moon base. <laughs> uh, speaking of base, the unit base, it's, uh, it's, it's in the mountain. No, no, that was totally that was not inconsistent. It's like at all. Skull Mountain, is what <laughs> this is. It's this huge fortress thing. And I looked at Mel and I went, "Well, this is not this is not like Stargate Command. They're not being subtle. You can it's see just that a little from doorway. Google. Yeah, I mean, like, aliens attack here first. <laughs> That's pretty much what this place yeah, says. To that me. was horribly gaudy, and and I thought a little over the top. This must have been where they built the valley. You guys were. I was a step back real quick because the the the, the throw off. Uh, cuff about uh, Liz and, and uh, uh, the Brig. I was. You guys are more forgiving of that. I st- even after they did that, I thought they would have found a way to come back and be at this funeral. And well, I, thought, I knew that the doctor wasn't really dead. So. That's just it. But that, well, but here's <laughs> the thing: the when I first really watched dead. this, I knew he wasn't dead. But I thought, you know, they're they're setting up this funeral, and I don't know what's going on here. The first time I watched that. That's way they would have found a way to get back here. It's not until you discover that they really only needed Sarah Jane and Joe Grant, and that was the, all the pawns yeah. that that it was like okay, they were just never even informed because they weren't part of the plan. I kind of but, took that but away when they later, make that too. comment initially, I thought I don't like that because they would have figured out a way to get back here. But then later it, you forgive it because then you're like okay, well they were just never they never knew because well, the doctor really you've wasn't actually there. you've actually just, just fixed that for me because I, I felt the same way well, that the, the brig would have found a way to be yeah. here, but maybe not Liz, but the, the brig, brig was in would Peru have found for wedding of Sarah Jane Smith too. Well, but the brig's That's always the in Peru. I mean, he, wouldn't he come but back for Sarah Jane's wedding? Well, I see the doctor's death. Yeah, it's a little more weighty, and the brig would have made so. the, uh, the and Sarah's. Wedding was quite rushed that's too. True. I mean, that's that's, that's just well. Weird. It seems that's, that's, like this, that's this funeral is yeah. kind of rushed, also. <laughs> well, yeah, but it. But <laughs> you, you can't. <laughs> Peru. I, I don't imagine they have great cell signals. You kind of choose when your wedding's going to yeah, be. Now, now, wait a you minute. You don't always have a lot of say in <laughs> when your funeral's going to be. Funerals are. Let's face, let's face it. Funerals are always rushed. Oh yeah. <laughs> weddings, not so much. Weddings usually get a year's worth of notice, and you put it on the calendar. When you say I'm getting married in two weeks, it's like. 
I'll buy you something extra nice. I can't come. Right, exactly. But you know, a funeral's like I always I have just to drop imagine what I'm doing and go. That right. Peru is a hard country to get messages to and out of. <laughs> then why do they keep sending the brigands? Well, How they get know. Joe from the Amazon, which is like uh, <laughs> one country over. <laughs> yeah, well, they got a message to Joe in South America. Why couldn't they get a message to the brigands in South that's, America? That's a, you're that's telling me that you can find her in the middle of some godforsaken jungle and she can hop a plane, two boats, and a cruise ship and something else to get here? But the brig but who's on a military can't get a hold base. Of the brig? They, okay, I didn't think about that. They don't have a transmat beam to the moon at this point to bring back the shot. No, but I'm glad you've said that now because you've now fixed that for me. The, the, the people in charge, the one particular uh, commander commander that needs to be vetted better. Um, that was clever. Who, who wrote that? Uh, uh, um, that was Holly. Wasn't Holly. Holly, that Holly or Chris? Yeah. That, that, that was very good. Uh, <laughs> the, the, she just didn't tell them. It's like, you know, I didn't think of that. Now I have, okay, fixed it. Thank you. Yeah. Now now it's even higher up on the pinnacle. Yeah, they, they were just never apprised. Yeah. So. Um, as far as the the regeneration fire totally convinced now that I've seen it in context doctor's pulling his leg yeah and because there's also the line that he asks are you always a white and the doctor says no how many times can you change 507 it's all just lies because now we know for sure that the doctor can change his skin color yes maybe not by choice but it can happen so that's my two cents on it I just why do we know that Mel a river Oh right. Now yeah. Well, of course, that could still be Time Lady difference, but well, I, I agree with you. But we knew that Time Ladies could change entire species. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. Maybe you can just choose to be blue. Anyway, uh, just the fact that because the doctor's like, okay, we've got to get out of here. Clyde's like, you've got to back up. Oh yeah. So then he's shuffling backwards, and Clyde's in his face. <laughs> the I, whole I time. really like the line that Clyde gives. Of I thought your eyes would stay the same. Yeah, I, I like thought that, that was. Too. I never thought of that. Yeah. I kind of yeah. wish that there was a way they could make it so his eyes are always the same. Yeah, <laughs> I think it'd just be a nice touch. That's how people can recognize who it's the doctor. It's his eyes. I, I, I think people still can. Well, people obviously still can yeah, because time lords change. obviously can. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you recognize somebody through their soul, and, you know, the, the gateway the, through the eye. Yeah, eyes are the windows through which the soul looks out. I think it's very true. I think it's especially true in a time lord's case, in the doctor's case. I think people look at him and, and they can see the figure it out. You know, but yeah, I, now that I've seen it in context, I'm totally convinced that that's no. There's you don't get 500. Sorry, sorry, you don't get 507 generations. It's not happening. Yeah, 13. I, I it's never, 13. I never had a problem when the, the, the interwebs lit up with that whole Regenigate. debate. And, yeah, Regenigate. <laughs> oh, that was early on, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, in our conception. So yeah. are we on missing episode gate? Is that where we're at now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what that is. But yeah, the, the wonderful, wonderful. I, I liked the fact that we were without the sonic screwdriver. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, It's in the darkness. <laughs> it's in the darkness. <laughs> Genius. Um, and that's Sarah forgets hers at home. Yeah. She, she forgot her sonic lipstick at home. No, she didn't. No, Did she, she had no, because she that's had how it. they used it to get back to the plant. Oh, he yeah, was, that's he right. He had to fix right. that. Yeah. that he had to use hers. Yeah. But otherwise, it was That's Sam's why he sonic. came down and then took them both back because. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Clyde. Space sick. <laughs> Clyde shines in this season. He I, really does. Not that I didn't like Clyde before, he's, but I he's really picking up the slack for 
Luke leaving. And it's not yeah, that he's really being does. Luke's character, but it gives him a chance. It gives him a bigger to really, role. Yeah, yeah it to really, really be more Clyde. And, and I, I've always enjoyed Clyde from the beginning. So. Yeah, I, 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 I've, I've really, really, really enjoyed and Clyde. And especially the season. next two stories, I think he really starts to yeah. shine. Um, and then the. Um, well, I like the little relationship uh, thing they're twang, twang with yep. her as well. I like that. Oh, I lost it. I had it and it was gone. I even don't mind the plan that they're the, the Shanxi plan. Thank you. That they're going to, you know, use this memory web. Apparently, this is a very fancy, very expensive, very high tech alien three D printer. Yes, <laughs> and, 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 and that we're going to make a key. It's like you couldn't have just stole it when you locked him on a planet. You, you trapped the doctor. You got him on a planet. You you did all of that. You couldn't have just got the key from him. Okay, well, all right. I, I don't mind that this is the plan, and I kind of actually. I, I bought That's, their justification for it. Clever, yeah. yeah, I you know that we're going to go off and we're going to stop people from dying because there's this tragic and we don't like that. It's like okay, you're misguided, but <laughs> Glenn, did you have a problem with the design of the of the <laughs> because they were anthropomorphized birds, yes. vultures? Uh, originally, I did. This time, I was fine with it because I was used to it. But you yeah, know, the first time s- that I watched this, I was like, oh, what kind of sells me on this? On the, on the design and everything, David Bradley's performance. <laughs> I thought he did a really good job as the voice. Yeah, but he, he, the, that voice could have been really good out of any other uh, design of Alien. But, but it, 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 I like the irony of that. It had to be a vulture. I appreciate the irony <laughs> it of it. It just felt right, that voice coming out of Vulture. It didn't have to be a Vulture. <laughs> it looked like a Skeksis with feathers. It did. It did look like a I would have rather have been a Skeksis. <laughs> well, they already showed up in Farscape, so. Well... <laughs> They did? Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've seen it, but that's what I've heard. It took me a little bit... I'm going to jump ahead to the end. The very last reference of Companions. Even though we just went through all this with Ace, I didn't make that connection until later that it was Ace. I thought she was talking about Dodo. Oh, Dorothy, yeah. Because that's what she says is Dorothy. 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 And it wasn't until later I thought about it and realized a charitable earth... The initials is Ace. Mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah. So I was kind of ashamed of myself that I yeah, didn't catch that, that reference. Quite frankly, when I first saw it, you didn't catch it either. I didn't catch. I didn't catch that it was Ace, even though I know but, that she's Dorothy. Of course, I, I was getting McShane. pretty much fighting back tears from all the references at that point. So. Yeah. I like how Sarah Jane is familiar, at least somewhat familiar with all of these current probable companions, and that she's not investigated any of them. She's not looked any of them up. Especially Ian and Barbara. <laughs> the fact that they never aged. Yeah. And you didn't go look into that. <laughs> but I, I don't know, just I, I I yeah, I like the fact that they're married. That pleases me to no end. It, it makes me think that, that Russell T. Davies felt like he wanted to include some of that in his uh run of the series and he and he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so this was kind of a dropping zone for some of that information. Yeah. And the, and the reference to Harry and the, the kind of implied mm-hmm. that he died, passed away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we just watched him in Sontaran. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Anything else about the story? I mean, <laughs> we can we could we could talk for hours about. Do, do we know so. why the doctor had a lead line coffin? Why they built him a lead coffin? I, I mean, obviously, well, because it had to it had to survive the explosive was, well, blast it had to, at the yeah, end. Of the what was inside as well. It had to hide that there wasn't anything in there. Yeah, but it was empty. But so it would just block X rays and 
Yeah. Okay. I'll you you never know what Sarah's going to bring with her. <laughs> she does abscond with alien technology that she. Yeah, <laughs> because up. her watch couldn't read through it, right? Right. And her watch couldn't sense anything. Although, it, it, her, her watch essentially just detects alien life, and there was all kinds of alien well, life. And th- and see, the, 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 thing, the doctor makes the, through the door, he makes the comment, he says, It's my funeral. Like, yeah, we don't No, it's my funeral. And that's when they go, Oh, the coffin. He goes, Yeah. Go, yeah. So it's like. Is it standing orders that he is to be buried in a lead coffin? Does he know about because, that? I just, because that's not what we got later. No. No, that's true. Because it's burned his body. We got a uh, funeral pyre. Yeah. Which makes more sense because, it, as uh, River says, a single DNA of a Time Lord could change everything. Obviously. Maybe there was like an. Uh, uh, well, the scarcities were setting this whole thing up. Uh, it, Maybe it, they just used lead loin. loin Cop, coffins always for everybody for some reason uh, launch them into space or something. Well, they're going to go, you know, they're going to shoot, put, well, obviously we're going to shoot them into space because we built a rocket for right, them too. Right. And then we're going to shoot them into the sun. So the, and he'll. In a lead line coffin. In a lead line coffin. Well, it'll still melt. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe lead melts better in the sun. I don't right. know. <laughs> I was just curious. Maybe it's a better chance the body will get into the Not sun. Not something that, hit, that uh, even yeah. piqued my interest of. Why would it be like I, I just said that's convenient later. <laughs> that's so when the explosion goes off and the refrigerator flies across the desert, they survive. <laughs> Lead, it's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Saving people's lives since whenever. I, I don't know. Uh, there's one other thing I was going to say about this story. and I can't, Oh, okay, i got to keep that in mind because something story? from this one will go along with the next story. Right. Kay. Are you ready for the next one? Yes. Uh, okay. i make sure I remember which one this is. The Empty Planet. Yay! Okay, good. <laughs> Clyde and Ronnie wake up one day to discover that they are the only survivors of the human race. The whole earth, whole of Earth is empty. Even Sarah Jane has vanished. But a deserted London holds terrors of its own. Strange forces lurk in the shadows as a mysterious visitors approach. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah. Okay. yeah. Good. I like now, this. this I really was, like this one, too. Now, we're on the, the slope down now. Oh, yeah. So. We're still above the tree line, but <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. down. And I like, honestly, I, down the I really like the first part better than the second part. Like, I like I like the exploration of the two of them alone on the planets and trying to figure out what's going on more so than the, oh, we figured out what's going on, we got to run to fix it. I, I I just found it fascinating for some reason. There's a certain amount of that I'll give you, but I think that's because we we tend to like those post-apocalyptic stories oh, where it's just it felt one very or two Twilight characters. Zone. See, yeah. and, and that once they kind of establish this is where we're going. I don't with know it. that I like one better than the other. I like them both equally because they were contrasting. Because oh, that, we that's had a good point. that. I, I did like the contrast because we had that in the first one, and then we had a different. Flavor in the second one, and so I, I liked that. I thought that was cool, and I liked the reason why Clyde and Ronnie are stuck on Earth. That I, was a nice callback. I got a problem that just hit me a little bit ago. Is that what you were going to bring up? Yeah. Oh, why did Clyde go to? Why was Clyde able to go to? Oh, the doctor circumvented it. He displaced him, but now does that mean that if the Jadun find out that he went off planet, he'll be terminated? It's possible, or the doctor was just able to circumvent and. The doctor's not following the rules. Well, I agree. And even if the doctor's able to circumvent it... these robots are following the rules. But even though the doctor circumvented it, if the Jew find out, Clyde's at risk. Now, the doctor couldn't possibly have known that. No. But 
I, I, I agree with you. I, in fact, I, I, didn't I, didn't even, I didn't think anything about it when I watched this episode. And the explanation for why they were left was fantastic. I loved that. I thought, that's great. They hearkened way back to that Janoon episode where yeah. they, they actually got grounded. I thought, nice job. Nice touch, writing staff. You did a good job there. You did your own work. But now I'm like... See, now I'm, I'm going to have a problem with this later. I can't talk about it because we're not to that episode yet, but I'm going to have a problem with it later. Oh, see? Well, there you go. <laughs> We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> Anything else about the story? <laughs> it's, it's enjoyable. I know what you're talking about. He's, he's ready to move on. He wants to I don't know what you're talking about. I, I thought it was an enjoyable story. I, I, I liked the exploration of Clyde and Ronnie. I liked the fact it's, that we're kind of. I still see them as them kind of together. young mm-hmm. kids, so it's kind of weird to me to see them kind of becoming romantically interested in each other. It makes sense, but it's kind of like. Ron and Hermione slowly becoming. At first, it's weird. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like it, they're 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 supposed to be this tall and no taller. <laughs> this is this is our Sarah Jane Light episode. Yeah, very. <laughs> I'm I'm still flabbergasted every time I see somebody do a post-apocalyptic movie that's set in present day, where there are no people on the streets. I don't care if it's Times it, Square, it, New York, or it didn't look wherever like this we're was at. Ellen, eating. It's eerie. It's just weird. Yeah, yeah. it's really, really. That weird. They, it's like, how do and you, I'm always now, impressed how well, well the, how they can clear it out. We've closed down streets. Yeah, yeah, and not and this not, successful. <laughs> yeah, and we've closed down a deserted downtown on a weekend where there wouldn't be anybody down there anyway, yeah, and still, still didn't look this yeah. empty. Right. Although we weren't intending to look empty, we were blocking it because we were. Yeah, well, we were running through streets. We were running down the street. We didn't. Want we to were run controlling over by a car. our environment. We weren't necessarily. Completely, but still, I, I don't think. Yeah, I'm, every time I see it, I am flabbergasted. It's just you walk down that street and there is nobody there. There's the cars and there's the this and the this, and you just kind of get that. Ooh, it's just <laughs> weird. Yeah. So and it's and it hats the, off to the the nice thing about it is there's a, there's peoples. the soundtrack the the the, the yeah, music soundtrack the music on this is, is really good. It's absent because it's absent. Yeah. Well, that's just it. It's there, there. It's there, but it's it's just it's, it's reserved. Yeah. And so the times that they're there in that empty right. earth, it, it, there's no music there either. Yeah. So it still it, it has that silence. It yeah. has that you know. It's effective use. Yes, of music. exactly. Yeah, it's effective use of music, and they do it. They do that. That that lends to the fact that it, it's eerie because no one's there. And I like the robots. Mm-hmm. I thought they were mustard and ketchup. Mustard and ketchup. <laughs> and when he comes over to the table, Kieran is like, oh, "I see." You <laughs> um, exceedingly poor design for. I'm going to trap you and scan you and figure out what's going on, and then there's a little bit of canine going on here. <laughs> like, okay, we're going to run, and we take off, and the robots are, and then we cut to the end of the block. And the robots are right behind them as they continue to run forward. And it's like, no. They're yeah. not that they, they cut, stopped, everybody moved yeah. up. Okay, no, okay. You know, <laughs> but that's okay. I, I just, I like the robots. I liked Gavin. I didn't at I first. Like I didn't think I was going to. But once the reveal came of how he fit right. into this, this is very what? much one of those, I don't know about you, as a 10, 13-year-old boy in your own head making up stories of why you're more important and cooler than you really have any reason to be, this is totally something I would have done as a sure, kid. This sure. is totally something that I would have imagined that, 
you know, I'm just waiting for my real parents to send robots to come collect me. I think why I don't like <laughs> Gavin at first is because you're led to believe he's the bad guy. Yeah. You're led to believe yeah. that, that he's there nice because he is the one that is, is instigated it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I agreed. I thought that's great. That's, that's great. That's great. I, I, I loved Clyde. I like the fact that I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved Clyde's rationale and reasoning for figuring this out. That this isn't his. This isn't where he lives. Mm-hmm. There's no. There's no video games. There's no. I mean, look at this place. There's yeah. no pictures of him with anybody. Right. And that's all very astute, child logic. Which I really appreciated. He wasn't coming. It's something at, that a, uh, an adult would overlook. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It really is. I, I, high marks for that. Well done. I, I tell you, I what I really, really like about this is the fact that they they allow Clyde and Ronnie to um give a reason for why they're capable of being on their own and doing this, and it kind of cheapens. I think it kind of cheapens something later on that we'll discuss as well, but. Although mm-hmm. there, there's some influence there as well, but yeah, no. Uh, overall, I mean, it's 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 we're certainly I, on the downhill slope, but this was a fantastic I, story. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I sometimes, I get tired of the trope of a ring that can block mysterious technology. Mm-hmm. I, I just I'm not tired of it. Yeah, we just watched. Um, Having uh, just, <laughs> I just watched Runaway Bride with Caitlin, and she wears the. The ring that's the oh yeah yeah it's just yeah it just feels so overused and maybe that's coming off a stint of too much Lego Lord of the Rings (laughs) (laughs) that you can be invisible which I completed oh you did I got it one hundred percent yay anyways back to the episode yeah the other thing that I liked was you you mentioned the fact that we're given a a reason for them to be on their own are you talking about just a justification plot wise or are you talking about the fact that as they're going through trying to figure out how how come we got left. Yeah. And they're rattling off this list of well maybe it's this. No, that doesn't apply. Well we were in the TARDIS. Well how come he's here? You know, and you know, doing all these things. I like the fact that we stumbled through that. Sure. Because that they didn't come to the quickly. They come to the conclusion yeah, right I, away. I, because yeah. well there's, there's sometimes when you when you when you see a show and the way it's written that they throw all these things, they throw all these ideas at you, and you, as an audience member, are screaming at the top of your lungs, it's because of this! And you know why they're there. Mm-hmm. This is the reverse of Clyde knowing why he doesn't live here. That this isn't really, you know, where he belongs. That is a, a, a an intuitive leap for him to make, and it fits in with his character and his age and everything. This is the reverse of that, where this is totally stuff that they would be methodically trying to figure sure, out. Sure, yeah. Even though, as the audience members, we're kind of suspecting it's probably because of the Jadoon, but you know that they've got to work, they've got to I get to that. I forgot about that. Uh, until I they mentioned it. Really? Yeah. yeah, but I, I love the fact that they've got to work it out to get to it and then come to. I mean, because like I said, a lot of times they stumble through it and you're just like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Mm-hmm. This it didn't get. Yeah, it no, didn't it feel hurt. that way. It was. It flowed and it made sense, and I really liked the it way just, this it, was. It really, I like the fact that it proved that that the two could work it out on their own. And yeah, it was, and, that, and that's really where this episode is the strongest is mm-hmm. the fact that the the growth for the two characters, mm-hmm. even more so. All right. Well, what's next? Lost in time. A harmless investigation turns into an epic quest across time and space. Sarah Jane and the gang are separated by the enigmatic shopkeeper and find themselves in three different time zones throughout history, doing battle against ghost hunters, Nazis, Tudors, and a mysterious pirate called Captain. 
Okay, I have two parts. Everything in this story gets dun dun dun, except for the plot. The shopkeeper and the, the shopkeeper and, and the, the reason we're going after this key to time item that is never explained, other than it can unbalance everything, Agreed. and then not explain it, and then him just run off with it. We don't know who this guy is. I assumed he was evil the entire no, no, time. He's working for the parrot, though. Well, okay, I don't who know who the, the parrot, parrot is. is. It's Captain Jack. He kept calling him Captain. I mean, come on. <laughs> Where else did the guy get the time travelment uh, technology? I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that's my complaint with the story also, is, I don't is, know. is that idea. Here's the thing, though. Every once in a while, I like to have that mysterious character that there's no reason for it other than to set up a really good plot. And I thought that's what this did. I don't mind him being mysterious. I don't mind him running away at the end and being enigmatic and, and leaving us wondering. And I hope he does return. I don't think he will, but <laughs> <laughs> he might. It might have been planned for him might to return. Been, yeah, 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 but I, 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 I like that idea. Um, and if he were to show up in an episode of Doctor Who down the road, I'd be okay with that too. But the the MacGuffin, the why does this particular item upset the flow of time? Where did it come from? How did it get there? And why are you involved? I don't need to know who you are. Why should we even trust Why you? Why should we trust you? Why should we Because go even after the key it? to time is explained and the keys to Marinus are explained. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part of it that left me wanting. Everything else I was fine with. I love the, the stories. I love the time travel. I love the eras that they went to. And I loved each individual story within it. I liked how they worked things out and why they had to work things yeah. out. Yeah. And the objects that the things were hidden in was, were very logical. Mm-hmm. And to me, for the story, the star of it is Clyde. Yes. For some reason, again. I just loved Clyde in this story. He was so fantastic, so good, so strong. So that they all shined. They, they Ronnie, all, they, Ronnie, they all did. But for some reason, I she shined. I just, as well. I really attached to Clyde, and with Clyde was like, that's where I sat up. Over. Ronnie's got the most tragic story of the yeah. three. Yeah. Because she befriends this girl who you can't help but know that she's going to her death. Oh yeah. And she sticks by her side for so long. She could have just hightailed it out of there. Mm-hmm. And she stays by her side. She even had the which she even had the dagger longer than anybody else yeah. found their materials. And she still and stuck she by her side. Yeah. That was and, and that's incredible. That, that, that that's really, a lot for Ronnie. That really made me like Ronnie. I mean, she she's been growing on me. This season especially, she's really I don't miss Maria quite as much anymore. <laughs> and and I I'm really starting to enjoy Ronnie. This one in particular was like Wow. Sold it. Okay. I really liked all of that, but part of me still screamed, you have the thing, go back. You're on a time crunch, go. <laughs> no, I can hang out. I got time. It's only the universe ending. No big deal. You want to play some Halo? Because apparently I can bring back a music box and leave my zipper jacket. None of that's going to make it. I have to go fetch this dagger because it could completely disrupt the flow of time, but I can leave all this other futuristic stuff laying around and nobody will notice. Yeah. My futuristic moccasins that say Nikkei <laughs> on the side of them. <laughs> Eastwood Ravine. <laughs> um, I honestly I wasn't feeling the Sarah Jane story. 
until they explained it. Well, it's just I was, it, it was just a little. That's off. the one that takes a long time to get to yeah. because we we've, we've got this mysterious ghost thing going on and we're hearing voices and and all along I'm sitting there going, well, we know yeah, it's we, not we, really we know ghosts. where we're sitting on we the know, side of this we, one. We, you know, but you're going to lead us down that road and you're going to try to convince me or or make me think, oh well, it, maybe it possibly is ghosts because you, that's what you do when you do those kind of stories, but. Yeah, when it gets there, it's like, wow, okay, yeah. that's cool. And a little dark for a kid's show. Yeah, I, thought so I mean, too, it's yeah. just not, not, again, just the subject matter that we're dealing with. Because we don't shield what happens to those kids. No. Or what had happened to those What kids. had happened, yeah. And or how, what will happen, because or, all that's happening in the future, which I thought was a neat, a neat change of pace, is that, that they're getting the shadows nice of the really future liked. instead of shadows of the past. Yes, that I liked cool. that. Um, but in yeah, fact, I think I would have been slightly disappointed if it was Shadows of the Past because that's just then another explanation for another ghost story. Yeah, yeah, agreed. No, f- future echoes was definitely way cooler. Didn't get any explanation as to why, but you know, okay, it didn't matter. It was just it was really well executed. Well, and almost, the fact that the key got, was a key, <laughs> I got the impression that it was because of the key. Because of the key, that's yeah. why we were getting the echoes. The key ended up in the wrong time. Oh. The key was out of time, so I that's get why, it yeah, that's why okay. that was presented in such. It wasn't so way. much what happened; it was because the key was there when it happened. Right. Ah, all right, I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah, that fixes that. <laughs> yeah, no, everything, and I, I really liked the 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 Nazi episode. Knew the school teacher was in on it. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> when she rolls up, and then she starts giving the, this. You know, it, things are already, they've already been This cock and bull story yeah, about, oh, right. everybody in town is, yeah, really, right? Yeah, I knew as soon as that happened, but that's okay. we've always seen two rubber rafts pull up on the shore, and right. you got all of the town already, okay. That didn't matter. <laughs> it was still great. Well, and let's go back. Shouldn't we wait, then? If everybody's been alerted and they're on their way, shouldn't we just wait? No, we got to go make sure they... Don't escape or something. I remember what her reason for going yeah. back there was, and I thought, oh, "Yeah, you're in codes. <laughs> <laughs> I did like also at the very end, everyone reflecting on what they went through. Yeah, <laughs> the granddaughter coming to finding mm-hmm. Sarah Jane, mm-hmm. very blink esque. Yeah, and then I thought it was a little forced, but. <laughs> <laughs> It was a nice way to get the she key shows back. up. The universe is ending, but she's still going to keep this date to show up at this curiosity well, she shop. She doesn't know the universe is ending. She just, you know, everything outside was going from inside. <laughs> okay, we weren't outside. We don't know what it was really doing. We just know that the building was shaking. Oh, okay, which I can justify because that's the center of. But the she came time in as the building was shaking. I think yeah. I'd have walked in and turned around, and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what kind of stories her grandmother told her. I'd have walked in and go, this is the place. (laughs) (laughs) But, yes. And and then Clyde looking up on the internet. Doctor Who and Torchwood both have done that. The, you know, the the linear thing where you go back and then we have to wait for the... Folding back. Yeah. yeah. Process the... The Marty McFly. Yeah. (laughs) And and then Clyde looking up the soldier. Actually, it's more Bill and Ted. It's more Bill and Ted. Yeah, it's very Bill and Ted. Hmm. Make sure we leave the keys here. So. Yeah, yeah. Remember a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like this one a lot. Except for the plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
All right. I almost see. expected George to be somebody. Yeah, I kind of I thought they were leading us down that road when he's talking to him about don't sign up, don't do this, mm-hmm. just you know, trust me, it's not worth it. I really thought we were going down this road where George was going to turn out to be. Oh, it's George. It's that George, you know, and I couldn't think of any famous English Georges. George Harrison. Oh, that would he be didn't good. fight in the war, so he came up. No, I guess he would have been. He would, he would have been. He would have been too young. Too. Way too young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not too, but. He would have been young. Well, he was only 17 when the Beatles formed, so he would yeah. have been born right he after was World the, War II. Really young. Though. Right. He'd have been. Yeah, he'd, yeah, been, he'd, he'd yeah, been part of yeah. that baby boomer generation. Yeah, yeah you're so, absolutely yeah. right. He'd been born in the well, late 40s. So, yeah. yeah. It would have been right after the war. Anyway. Anything else about the story? Or should we move on to the finale? So. Let's move on. No, no more with the penultimate episode. Yes. Now we'll move on to the finale. finale. <laughs> story. Story. Because we are... I'm, I'm giving the... Synopsis for the penultimate episode of the season. Yeah, that's true. Sarah Jane faces her saddest day as she realizes that no one can defend the Earth forever. She's saved the world so many times, but must now hand over the task to safer hands. Clyde and Ronnie are distraught, and the forces of darkness gather as the inevitable day approaches. I haven't made up my mind on I this one. I want to warn yet. this one. I really do. Really? Yeah. What, what I don't I just, think I didn't. I didn't like it that much. I didn't dislike it that much. I didn't dislike it that much, but what I'm getting tired of... I don't think I have disliked it. ...is this trope in Sarah Jane Adventures of trying to replace Sarah Jane or something to make her go away. Effect, yeah. I'm I'm tired of it. Yeah. Every season we have a story. That's that's, that's kind of the... That's my... my, That was my number one big problem going into this is, yeah, it's like, been there, done that. Now, how it's done, I, I, I liked it better than others. Well, and I, this is, I, I thought Ruby was a very interesting exploration. This is the first one of those attempts that does not involve the trickster. It's true. And maybe I would have liked it more if it was a trickster. <laughs> because I always liked the trickster. Well, because that's his M.O. He yeah. would have been more yeah. acceptable. But. Um, and it was strange a, alien it wasn't a giant looks stomach. like a human with a giant stomach. It, it's, uh, the actress did a fine job. Yeah. I thought. She was very she was, no, she was no Mona Lisa. <laughs> Um, uh, the Mona Lisa, the Mirka, the Sarah Jane Adventures, <laughs> but not good enough to be a mascot. The only good parts of this is when Luke shows up. <laughs> From then on, it yeah, and canine. I disagree. I disagree with you there. I love, I love Elizabeth Sladen's acting, which I think is no, good. no, no, I think it's good throughout all this. No, 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 way too over the top because she's proven. How wonderful an actress she is in that first story with the Jadun in where she's where she's possessed. Where she's possessed. Yes. Fantastic. And then does it again in this in this one with Angervax. And she does that wonderful job portraying the older version of herself that's not quite you know, the, the fake older version of herself. She's fantastic in that. This is uh, what? I mean, it's it's so. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. no. It's, it's it builds way, to that. It no, builds to that. It doesn't it does. because it's like she's just she's so she's being influenced by what was her name? The Ruby. 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 She's being influenced by Ruby. 
So it's the only thing that I can go, okay, that's the reason why she's being so flighty and uh, she's she's way she's over flaking it from the beginning i don't think so she, she, I, I understand when, she, when the, she's the walking going, getting into the flakiness but she's over flaking it to begin with. no when when she's walking down the street and you know she's got to put the tea on for luke and ozzy back and then the realization hits that no that was kind of tough to that watch. that yeah it was it was tough to watch and it's because it's so well played the no, little totally the little that. memory moments where and it, it starts off and you think maybe it's just because she's on her back foot because of this person like forgetting to put the car brake on and that kind which of stuff. Which is where they're trying to go with. Which it, is and I you know, understand that. There's that. And, and as it progressed, I think she did a wonderful job. Now, once she got fully, I'm turning into a blubbering idiot. Then yes, I agree with you. It was maybe a little over and the top. And that's where I think it was. Which the is worst. which is and, and I think that was also maybe done. Maybe done on purpose from both a writing and performance standpoint to let the kids know that it's okay because something's behind this. That's you know, as a children's Probably show, that's was. that's yeah, the tell. I can see that. You know, you, you can't go completely off in this direction and just leave, right? Right. Because that that would be devastating. Sure. But there was so much of this, I was uncomfortable watching. And even Mel leaned over to me at one point, and she said, did they know what was happening when they put this one together? Did they know she was sick? Mm. And I said, no. She goes, I didn't, uh, she did, but they didn't. She did, well, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Mel said, wow. Because even she picked up on it, that it was just, like I said, it was just there was a lot of, I, I'm really uncomfortable right now with how, now obviously it's looking back mm-hmm. now, but it just... In hindsight, with where this is going, but I, I think all of that was very, very well done on on her part up until the end when she, you know, and at that point it was okay that she was mentally gone. I, I'll give you, I'll give you the forgetting that Luke was at uni. That was okay. It didn't bother me so much, but it was the whole the the, the looks over when Ruby's talking to the kids and the kids are all you know. Pen eyes up to her and Ruby, you're so cool. I'm glad you're part of the game. And that that was very overacted on their part, written wise. And they, what they were doing is they were rushing this along because you only have right. so much time. You only to have do so it. much time. I understand. And I, th- I think it, I think more than anything, it was but, overacted on the kids' but parts about how Sarah much they loved was, her. Was the the, uh, um, the uh, body language <laughs> I, th- I felt was overacted there with her when she's uh, you know feeling bad because she's this losing this and. No, I'm sorry. It was it, yeah, it, it started ramping up to silly and overacting very early. So I loved Clyde that he reacted exactly yeah. how I predicted yeah, Clyde would react. I, I would agree with that. Screw this noise! I don't believe you, yeah. and I'm going to go find out what's going on. Right. And I was like, "Go, Clyde!" You know. <laughs> um, I liked that Ronnie was shaken yep. and upset. And that the Clyde then turns on her yep. because of his dad leaving, which I wouldn't have. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. That totally makes sense that he'd be really shaken by this. Mm-hmm. And then. Which, oh, wait. That's one thing we didn't talk about was Clyde's reaction to Luke leaving, which I thought was very fitting and calling back to his dad leaving also. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That he, he's, he's having a rough time of it this way. season, for sure. And Ronnie goes home. And Gita says and does the first intelligent, (laughs) heartwarming, character-building moment that she has on the show. Gita was fantastic there. She was fantastic. Absolutely. And she made me like her. 
It's been three seasons, <laughs> and it took this when she basically says you're being silly. Sarah Jane wouldn't do that. Yeah. No, I, 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 I that you know. Okay, you're back. I already didn't have a problem with her, but I love no, that moment. You're, you're, I thought that was that, very. That, that, that's how strongly I felt about that moment. It's like you're back in the band. Very good character. Moment, so. <laughs> um, I liked Mr. White with the idea of you know. Being a game console. Being a game console. <laughs> you know. That she rewired. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the idea I don't understand there. why she I had a game was, console in prison. Was, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, she's going to be there for a while. I guess they were giving her something to do. Mm. Now, it's like weights for prison consoles. And then, of course, the, the, the end. When, I, I agree with you. When yeah. Luke comes back, I think it gets even better. I, I, I think that that's the, you know, that Luke shows up and you rushed off to go save your mom and didn't bring the dog? Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah, what? Here's the weird thing about this is the episode still feels like... What's the actor's name that plays Luke? Uh, you said it just earlier. Uh, it feels like he isn't there. Thomas Knight. Tom. It feels like Thomas Knight isn't there shooting his scenes with anybody but, in, but, but, but Ronnie... In that house for the longest time because they spend so much time in that house over the computer with K9 trying to just and there's this moment where I thought I wonder if they just took Ronnie whatever her character whatever her real name is to where he was because he was off doing something and and shot his stuff there because then it's not until the very end when he shows up and then it's weird camera shots from behind like maybe they used a different actor. And then from the front, it's just a shot of him. There was something weird there that doesn't doesn't affect the story itself, but just put me off, took me out of the story a little bit. Going, well, you're trying really hard to kind of make it look like he's there, but he's just kind of felt like he wasn't. So I don't know if that was really the case. Now clearly he was there at the very end because then we do start getting the four shots at the very very yeah. end of all of them together. But there was just a lot of time where I thought that it's like they had to shoot it this way because you couldn't you couldn't use Skype now. Although we, we they did it with Canine, but you can't use Skype now because his mom is you know missing is gone. Yeah. So you can't you know you can't have him at school still trying. Well, did you try calling? You know, <laughs> he <laughs> would have left and came on. there to figure it out. But it was just really weirdly shot until the very end. I thought. Um, I loved the the as somebody stated before the fact that K nine uh, just chides in because K nine really he he's never felt like you know he's he's always been the servant even for all of the kids oh, yeah. the kids say K nine do this he does it you know K nine jump he jumps but being that that assertive almost nanny there for a minute to when the when uh, Luke and Luke Ronnie and are, fighting, are going yeah. at it and he's you know kind of snaps at him and I was like. Wow, you go, K9. <laughs> Put it in perspective. Yeah. That was cool. But yeah, doing most of that over the internet was kind of weird. Why didn't you bring the dog? Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, you, you jumped in the car and flew down here at a moment's notice anyway. Yeah. Bring the dog. <laughs> You're going to need him. You're going to, you know, I don't know. I, I thought that was really Bring weird. your supercomputer. Yes. Oh, my God. You don't leave the laptop in the locker. Just not things that are done. Um, th- my problems from this stem from wh- what you said, Keith, about okay, been there, done that, quit trying to get rid of Sarah Jane. Well, I, th- I think my bigger problem 
is most of the season, aside from the first story, is really strong, especially for Sarah Jane Avengers. It's just pretty good. It's good television. This returns the status quo for Sarah Jane Avengers. It's it's good for Sarah Jane. I I think it's better than most some of the Sarah Jane Avengers, but it's not as good as what the rest of the season was. And and I you know didn't like Ruby and even when she tries warming up and oh I was such a you know here is a handshake still available it's kind of like eh. <laughs> we don't trust you now. Well, there was that was another thing that I didn't care too much for, and again, it's the it's the pace at which you have to do the story is is she's real standoffish and then she turns real quick and it, it makes sense for the story, but it was just. And how quickly does Sarah Jane just okay? Yeah, come up. Here's yeah, exactly. my attic. Investigate my. It just, it, it my just really felt rushed. Here's that all was a, of the stuff. That was a big issue with the story. And then when, I did like the twist that the the meteor that they took care of was all created by her. Yeah, that was that was that was clever. But then when she does get it and she's like, "You're right. I can't fight everything forever. I don't expect you to you know take over for me." Okay, I can almost see that happening. Here, here's Mr. Smith. Here's my house. But what? again, a lot of that was the influence <laughs> that well, she was. I, yeah, yeah, I know that. But did, did, did that just seemed? Where are you going to yeah. live? <laughs> Forget giving her the supercomputer in the attic. You are giving up your home. <laughs> I just thought. I thought to myself, she, she, she has her own home. Here. Just, uh, just Sarah, stay at home. Maybe Professor Sarah was going to go down and live in Ruby's <laughs> house. <laughs> we'll swap out. But then it. Okay, and so here's now the third strike against Mr. Smith. Yeah. Delete me from the registry. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> you are. I have met supercomputers, sir, and you are no supercomputer. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if Windows can ask me five times if I'm sure that I want to do something, you think Mr. Smith could do it at least twice. Yes. But. Here's the thing: is part of my part of me can, can forgive that because I'm sure they put in super protocols when they reprogrammed him to well, she shut him down immediately. Uh, or, okay, she, she does mention have give him a lot of power. Protocol blank. give her a lot of power. Okay, yeah. yeah. So because he acted the way he did before, I can see them giving just you can't question anything that I tell you as long as I give you the right keyword. Okay. The right protocol code, yeah. Because I kind of thought that, too. Uh, interesting bit of production notes. Writers Gareth Roberts and Clayton Hickman wrote Goodbye, Sarah Jane Smith as a replacement from their earlier attempt at a sequel to the Doctor Who story, Planet of the Spiders, which featured Sarah Jane Smith. Yeah. Roberts and huh. Hickman were signed to the Spider sequel after he was previously signed a different writer to it. Scriptwriter Gary Russell couldn't make it work. Roberts and Hickman could not make the Spider sequel work either. They then replaced it with Goodbye, Sarah Jane Smith. They did, however, use one element from the Spider sequel outlines. That was of Sarah Jane's tiredness and forgetfulness. Hmm. This was also the last episode to air before the death of Elizabeth Slayton. Mm. And as of August this year, it's the last story of any media to feature K9 Mark IV. Oh, he's not going to show up in the five? Apparently not. Oh, I know. But Luke does, doesn't he? Yes. He's on the box art. (laughs) I think he came back predominantly for the three episodes that they made. Really? Yeah, I think, if I remember right. They introduce a new character, though, don't they? Uh, 
I don't know. Like I said, I'm still ta- I'm, I'm still torn on it because there there are moments of it that I really liked, and I thought it, I thought it was a strong season ender. And then there are other things that I was just I'm. I wish now. I could think it was strong, but it was it was weaker than the first episode for me. Now here's the problem. I don't know if it was that for me. I really thought for sure that Miss Smarty Pants Ruby White sealed her own fate when she shipped Luke up to the spaceship. Or uh, uh, Clyde. You thought she what? She sealed her own fate. Oh. Because she zaps Clyde up to the spaceship, and it's like, you just, you know, hang out here, and I'm going to go ruin everything. <laughs> and she zips away, and it's like, ha, 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 joke's on you, because he's not supposed to leave the planet. And any minute now, oh, the Jadoon are going to come kicking down your door. And they didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> well, he'd already left once, and they didn't come knocking on the door. Well, so. and it's, it's funny, because you've you already kind out. of proven that the Jadoon aren't that great of a police well, force. Yeah, apparently not. But you pointed that out earlier, and I didn't even think of that. And it was like I don't—I was all set to jump all over it when she did it. But when the doctor does it, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know what that says, but well, to me, it felt more obvious like he was in space in this than the death of the doctor. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe, wait, 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 wait. Maybe that's it. Make reference wait. to it's an alien He's planet. still in Earth orbit for this one, so grounded isn't literal. It's just you have you can't go away from Earth. No, no, no. But in the <laughs> in Death of the Doctor, he's billions of miles away maybe, on another planet. But maybe, maybe, maybe that's the trick, though. Maybe it's grounded as in space flight, not transmat. <laughs> no, and it wasn't that, even transmat. It was body swap. Well, yeah, it was whatever they did that he, you know. I could see that being a viable loophole. That again, not knowing how the Judoon have this law written, <laughs> what, is, what is the what is the what is the language of the parking ticket? I, I could see that you know because before it was travel by spaceship, which is what he was doing. Which is when they went, no, you can't do that. Okay, but transmat beam zapping off to this other planet maybe flew under the radar of well, that's still not what we meant, but I can't enforce that. So the. Uh Shadow Proclamation would have just overlooked that one, I suppose. Probably. <laughs> but him being in orbit, that's against the rules. Here they come, right? <laughs> Any moment now. Sarah Jane's locked in a basement with a killer stomach. That okay. Been so much better of an ending to this story if the Jadoon had come and saved the day. That would have been awesome. That actually would have been kind of cool. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. And so I was, I was like, ha-ha, figured it out. Any minute now. <laughs> There's going to be a rumbling noise and some marching, and everybody's going to get that, oh, what's going on look? And I'm standing on the couch going, I know what's going on! And they didn't show up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that would have been so much better. I would have probably enjoyed this episode a lot more. No space rhinos. Why? Why did they not show up? Grr. <laughs> Yeah, everybody else makes recurring. <laughs> Why doesn't the genome come back? They brought everybody back in season four. Why not the genome? Yeah. They even at least had a cameo. The trickster didn't get a cameo. On That's, this true. Uh, That's true. Flashbacks. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, <laughs> so there's that. Overall, though, I think this is the best series. Agreed. Of, 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 of the what series. I've seen. Yeah, I think this is the best season of the series so far. It's it's a shame that we're only going to get three stories. In season, season uh, yeah, I, it's a, it's a really tough toss up because I think there have been stronger episodes in some of the previous seasons. But I, th- I think you're right. I think this is one of those overall. I think the quality of this uh, each season has had strong episodes. Yeah, yeah. but each, not near as many as this one does. I think this one runs a whole. Game this one did not have as much strong. up and downs as some of the yeah. others. But all right, we're uh, running up on three 
three hours, so let's go ahead and move on to what's next on the schedule. Well, coming up next on the schedule for Friday Night Who this week on the 23rd of August, we're doing The Green Death. Third Dr. John Pertwee, companion Joe Grant. However, we're doing the first three parts because it's a long one. So we won't be talking about it next week. So we won't be talking about it next week. Instead, we return back to our Seventh Doctor Month celebrations. We'll be talking The Doctor Revisited for the Seventh Doctor, and have our 50th anniversary discussion of his era. And I just realized I don't have a poll up yet, because Facebook won't let us do that, so we probably ought to throw or something together and, and allow people to vote. <laughs> we'll just put something on our website and direct people there. I will let you be in charge of that. I'll see if I can do it. There you go. <laughs> so give us your thoughts on uh, Seventh Doctor's choice. And then we'll finish up The Green Death the following week and review The Green Death. And probably have a lot of tie-in with uh, Death of the Doctor, so that um, the Green Death of the Doctor, is your episode <laughs> title, uh, just so that we can f- kind of finish off Joe Grant's uh, you know story arc. And then I'm not going to tell you; it's a surprise. <laughs> it's eleven weeks for eleven doctors. Come on, there's no surprise here. <laughs> we're counting down. We're going to launch the countdown, and we're going backwards. So we're going to start with a Matt Smith, and then a David Tennant, and then a Chris Rickson and, and gone down the line. I wonder what we're going to do for eight. Uh, could be Doctor Who the movie. <laughs> Maybe. Could be. Could be. Ooh. No. Uh, <laughs> I had a thought. I'm not going there. Um, but then uh, that's all going to boom, 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 progressively. But we thought everybody's counting up. Everybody's counting up. We're going to count down. Yeah. And then we'll wind up with a, a William Hartnell episode for Friday Night Who the week of the anniversary, which is only fitting. It totally makes sense. And then we'll watch that and stuff. And, um, that uh, and stuff. That and stuff. That and stuff. What, what can I tell you about that this? stuff this, and things. We'll have stuff and things. There will be things and stuff. Of course, we're going to have our eighth Doctor, uh, you know, um, anniversary episode and probably some big finish during that. We'll talk about the ninth Doctor and maybe a book review during that. And a review from my daughter. A review. Oh. We're going to record... Her Ninth Doctor review, and we'll run it in the month that we review the Ninth Doctor. Excellent. Bring it on. So, hopefully, that. she'll remember some of those episodes. You prod her. I will. So, there's that. All right. Is there anything else we need to discuss before we sign out of here? I don't think so. All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Remember, have your pets taken away from your mom. Be seen. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.